Welcome, everybody, to episode 77 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. This is the summer 2018 review cast, part one. My name is Jeff. I'm here with Carlos. What's up, everyone? And Logan. Yo. What's going on, guys? It was a, it was a long one today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, the listeners can see, you know, on their, their listening device how long it is, but uh, um, trust me, we need it this time. <laughs> um you know i I like i think we really had a good mix of shows uh we had some great ones we had some not so great ones uh enjoyed talking about all of them quite frankly i I actually i don't know if it's the the masochist in me or whatever but i enjoyed talking about the bad shows uh quite a bit still um and we definitely have some bad ones this season uh stay tuned for that but um all in all enjoyed talking with you guys good time for sure Yeah. yeah There's, I think there's a good balance. Uh, a lot of the shows that we didn't really enjoy, but there were some shows that really uh, seemed to tickle our fancy. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. We still got more to talk about, so. But I think... Uh, yeah, part two. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, definitely going to be good and bad shows in that one, too, I think. So. <laughs> 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 Trying to strike that balance, but... Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoy this uh, part one of our summer 2018 reviews. Thanks for listening, everybody. guys remember uh at ax or before ax they had that thing on twitter that like uh rainbow aquas rainbow for the concert yeah oh yeah so they're totally doing it for the next live in the tokyo dome which is a huge arena so wow i think that'd be pretty cool if they if uh they pulled that off are you going to that or i i am going to that okay nice so i expect I mean, good things from you yeah <laughs> hopefully teach we can pull japanese. it off yeah yeah teach teach the japanese how to do light stick uh like <laughs> light stick tricks or whatever like that they invented <laughs> no you're doing it wrong yeah. <laughs> we're in mari section mari <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no cool i saw that that, that the um the u.s fans uh inspired the japanese to do it yeah, that, yeah. that's that's cool uh Feels good, man. Uh, also, um, on another note, did you did you watch any of the games last night for the else or the uh, sorry League of Legends World Championship? I watched uh, up through the fourth game. I don't know how many games went for the G two series, but um, G two came up on came out on top of that. It was good to see. Uh, for me, North America make it out of group, out of plans because I was yeah. real worried. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, C9 was looking like they might choke it away. Um yeah. with all their just insane comps. Uh but at, at this point at this point too, we don't want to lose to Russia. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh but yeah. 
uh, when do they decide who goes where? Oh, they already did. Oh, they did. Okay. As well, a matter of fact, if you go to our uh, League of Legends gaming chat, oh. uh, for all of you out there listening, uh, you could see... Uh, fantasy what, League chat. Sorry. The, yeah, it's in the Fantasy League chat. You're right. Um, well, you could, that's... Uh, not good. Uh, that's a group of death right there. Yeah, yeah. Cloud9 got, got put into the group with the number one Chinese team and the uh, winners of last year's world championship, uh, the Ooh. Korean team. Uh, Genji. Uh, they're Genji Gold now, but they used to be Samsung Galaxy. Well, I'm liking 100 Thieves' chance now of making it out as the only NA team. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful. Go NA. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, <laughs> these groups, they look they look pretty brutal. Hopefully our, our boys have a, have a plan going in. And for those of you listening in Europe, go, you know, go EU teams too. Yeah, go Why not? Go G2. <clears throat> go Vitality. Go, go um, Jizuke. That's all I care about. Yeah. I just if, want Vitality, him to be happy. if Vitality makes it out of the groups, I oh, I don't want to make bets, but like, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd be willing imagine? to. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a world where they make it out of that group. But if they do, that'd be incredible. Like the third place European team going up against these powerhouses. Oh, but until they make an esports anime that isn't Chinese and on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, everyone tells me that that one's all right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. I think it's called. No, that's not right. I was going to say it's called King's Game, but that's wrong because that uh, was that King's terrible. Avatar. King's Avatar. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'll have to pick that one up. But like from what I'm told, they don't really focus so much on the esports side of it. Anyway, League of Legends. We've seen what you could like write, well, write games more specifically. We've seen what you could do with animation. Just make an anime. You yeah. have a you have a Japanese uh, client at this point. Yeah, that uh that Rise video that they made for Worlds was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Uh, go check it out. Even if you're not a fan of of uh league of legends or esports or anything like that that video is just really cool but yeah until uh until riot decides to to make a, a league of legends anime or an esports anime um why don't we just uh you know review the boring old regular japanese anime the summer season has come to a close for most things if not all things at this point most uh, most yeah so uh why don't we just uh dive into it we have 11 shows that we're going to talk about today uh with potentially another 11 next week and the first one on the docket for today is encouragement of climb which was a pick of mine in our draft episode for this season and it is this is a second season the third season third season third okay. season yeah um, the first season was like a eight minute short, something like that. Um, and then the second and third season are 13 minutes long. It's about a group of middle school girls who go mountain climbing or I guess hiking is, I guess the, the better term for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a fun little slice of life. Uh, the third season picks up right where the second season lasts off. Or uh, ends off. I can't speak today. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
it was an all right season. Um, they visit some more uh, of the mountains in the you know various regions of Japan close to where they live. There was, I feel like, slightly less of a focus on the climbing itself and more on the characters this season, which was all right. Um, but I feel like a majority of this, a majority of the season was kind of spent dealing with uh, the two main girls, kind of like experiencing a disconnect. Like, I'm sure you guys have gone through this kind of thing where things just like keep falling apart, uh, plans wise. Like you never see each other for a while because like you try to make plans, but things just don't go according to plan or stuff comes up. Mm, so sure. it's kind of them dealing with, uh, with that kind of stuff and thinking like, you know, maybe they don't need me around to, uh, have fun or whatever, but it's all good in the end. They sort out their, their feelings and they, uh, they find time to, to hang out and go hiking. Um, the, animation quality this season was not fantastic i feel like it oh, was a, a dip from the yeah a bit of a dip from the previous season um the character designs were a little wonky at times but the backgrounds were always pretty good looking so there was always something to look at uh, now refresh my memory you were super high on the first two seasons of the show for right? sure. yeah yeah i really really enjoy uh this short um and part of it was really the the environments. I, th- I seem to remember you saying the environments yeah, were, yeah, were like, beautiful. It was really interesting to see the places that they went to go hiking. Um, and the the background art is always very colorful because they're outdoors and in nature right. and stuff. So it was always nice. kind of like a refreshing thing to sit down and watch at the end of the day. Now, um, did this season introduce any new characters? Um... I don't or think, memorable ones anyway. Uh, kind of, I guess. There are a few of uh, Aoi, who's the main girl. Her a few of her classmates that she kind of gets to know um, over the course of the season that she kind of opens up to people other than um, the group of uh, girls that she goes hiking with. Cool. So I guess there were some new characters, but I think we've met them previously, but we just never got any of them. Um, gotcha. Did you have a question, Carlos? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, was there? Like you said, there was like a like minor uh, drama <laughs> elements in this, and this is a short. Mm-hmm. So, uh, was there any of that before, or was that kind of a surprise this season? Um, I mean, there were little bits before. Um, it's like kind of like the the petty jealousy of uh, middle schoolers, you know? Um, ah, like what you went and hung out with that person and didn't tell me that kind of <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was uh, kind of a little heightened and uh, prolonged this season. There were a lot of uh, to-be-continueds that I don't remember from previous seasons. So, okay. yeah. I was, I, I was surprised because, like, yeah, you said Slice of Life, and then you talked about that, uh, uh, like, minor drama. But, yeah, you know, yeah, still, so you're not, you're not used minor. to hearing it. Yeah, For sure, but yeah. Especially, like, in Slice of Life, where, where you see that kind of drama. Like, you'll see it sometimes, but it's, like, usually by the end of the episode, it's over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It goes... It was a little longer than an episode, but uh, it's still still a show I would uh, recommend people check out if they uh, like Slice of Life. If you liked, um, what's that show that just got a second season? Laid Back Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like oh, yeah. that, you definitely check this one out. Second season hype? Second season movie and shorts. Nice. For Laid Back Camp, 
Yeah. Um, but I think if I were to rate this uh, season, I'd probably give it a three. Um, didn't blow me out of the water, and there were some, uh, you know, issues with the the art and animation. But I still really, really enjoyed spending time watching these girls go hiking and just have fun. Right on. Yeah. Very still, nice. still a decent show. Indeed. Um, all right. So this next uh, show is one that none of us drafted, uh, but that I picked up. It is Chio School Road. It's a um, comedy kind of uh, show where we follow this girl named Chio Miyamo on her walk to school every day. It literally every episode is at least two to three store or yeah, at least two, sometimes three stories of Chio walking to school or the like her her and her friends walking to school. Sometimes it's not Chio at all. It's somebody else, but uh, always dealing with comedy. And each one of the characters kind of has their own gag. And okay. sometimes they bleed over into other characters. Like, for example, Chio is a gamer. Okay. But. But specifically, she loves Western video games. She doesn't like like JRPGs and stuff like that. She says the hero, like it made me laugh because she says the heroes all look like they're like girly men and stuff like that. Where she <laughs> likes the the gruff American protagonists who shoot up who shoot up a place to solve their problems. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the, like one of the first episodes, we see her. Uh, she's reenacting Assassin's Creed by trying to sneak around uh, and. Um, and climb on rooftops to get to school because uh, her normal route is blocked off, um, <laughs> which culminates in a very funny scene of her uh, stepping on this really douchey guy's face to to, <laughs> to jump to another roof. Um, like if you if you don't decide to watch this, at least like it's the very first skit of the very first episode, and it's amazing. But um, then we have uh, Manana who is Chio's best friend, but she's her kind of gag is that she's like kind of a social climber. She kind of wants to be, you know, a, more popular. So like everything she does is to try and kind of step over Chio. It's like, like popular society or whatever. Uh-huh. So she's kind of an asshole, but like when her and Chio get together, it's great. Cause they're both kind of dicks to each other. Uh, <laughs> At, at the same time, look out for each other. It's a really weird dynamic. Um, then uh, we meet uh, Yuki Hosokawa, who is like re- like one of the most popular girls in school. I like I I think she's like on the track team or something. Um, and she befriends Chio, <laughs> and this is one of the things Manana tries to tries to get in her good graces constantly to you know. Uh, move up the social ladder but yuki is a bit of a nudist it turns out she enjoys being nude at home and stuff like that like we like you find out little bits about yuki throughout like she's kind of a weirdo but like nice enough that like she's still popular yeah uh, and just like completely oblivious to uh chio and manana well especially manana's like assholey tendencies oh she's really like oblivious to everybody's like bad side which is kind of endearing to that character because she's just really funny um uh the other some other staple characters we have uh ando 
or Maita, Maita Ando, but everyone just calls him Ando. In the beginning of the show, he's this like Yakuza looking guy who like he's actually in like a bike gang and is kind of an asshole. But through a <laughs> series of just complete misunderstandings, he comes to see Chio as this like like top gangster because she called like she like it's just a bunch of accidents that he thinks that, you know, Chio whooped his ass and like he asks her, her her name and she gives her video game handle as her name bloody butterfly <laughs> and so he thinks that she's a super badass gangster <laughs> there's there's more to that dynamic and it it, it evolves over time it like kind of culminating in, in almost like ando kind of trying to chase after chio as a love interest which is amusing because he's terrible at it um <laughs> But yeah, like that whole, like Ando's whole thing, I loved. And I thought it was like, especially at the start, it, it was hilarious. Um, but later on, I, I appreciated when he, uh, he kind of somewhat falls for, for Chio and like his little attempts to get her attention made me laugh. Um, let's see. There was also, uh, Ando has a sister who, doesn't know why Ando leaves his bike gang and finds out about Bloody Butterfly and like is trying to track Chio down the, like for a decent amount of the show. And she's fun because she's like this little like elementary school gangster. Like what is that? Yeah, elementary school gangster. <laughs> um and like one of the like final characters we meet is uh, is Madoka. Um so prior to this show, I didn't know that there was a sport called Kabaddi. Have you guys ever heard of it? No, never heard of it. Okay, I can't talk too much about it because I don't know everything about it. I did watch a little, like I, I found some YouTube videos of Kabaddi. It's apparently some kind of weird game of tag where two sides are split off. It's two groups of dudes and like there's a lot of tackling and just a lot of touching. <laughs> just, I mean, it's, I, I'm not saying it's sexual in any way. But this show makes it that way. Uh, Madoka hmm. is a a uh, uh, a comedy player um, in their high school, and she's like tries to get Chio and Manona into the comedy club. Um, a little later on in the show, she finds out, or she comes to the self realization through a homeless guy that um, she just wanted to play, play comedy to feel up other girls at her school <laughs> so maybe a little offensive to people who actually play comedy but then again i've never even heard of the sport so i can't imagine that there are that many people who play it um uh yeah just uh, it's a ridiculous cast of characters but every episode is split up into uh multiple uh how do i say this? like like multiple little tiny episodes of uh, of them going to school uh, mm. and doing stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, like like vignettes. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, sometimes we'll get the the girl in the disciplinary committee, Momo, uh, following Chio and Manana around to try and find out like why they do what they do. Uh, or again, Madoka with her comedy episodes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it never got boring to me. Like, uh, granted the. The characters don't. Uh, I wouldn't say. I I will say they don't change a whole whole lot. Chio 
Chio and Manana do not change, uh, but they're fine the way they are. I mean, Chio constantly trying to reenact video game plot lines, like for example, like holding on, like uh, uh, holding on to the edge of a bridge and trying to uh, reenact Metal Gear Solid was amazing. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I guess Madoka gets more perverted. Ando does change quite a bit because he goes from you know like thuggish type biker guy to like he's slowly starting to try and become a a decent member of society quote unquote but yeah other than that there's not a whole lot of character development it's just fun fun little stories uh from all these people's viewpoints i think when i look at the cover art the only character i really care about is the fish (laughs) (laughs) can you can you tell me about the fish and how the development was for this character (laughs) uh he's used as a weapon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow because i look at this so you look at the cover and it's just one of these where you have like the characters they all kind of look like they're bursting out of like a you know like a doorway or like a hole or something they're all kind of coming out of the center of the uh of the image and all i see with is the, the 20 characters on this is the fish poking its head out of the top right corner actually so. you know what i don't remember what the significance of the fish is it must be like early <laughs> on because i don't i don't recall uh i just but, it's the i remember when we drafted it that was what i noticed and i'm looking at it now and that's the first thing that i can't take my eyes off of the like the carp or whatever it is i, I don't know fish very well but whatever this fish is um that sounds yeah. cool though i mean it sounds like a fun ride yeah i know it, it was it was fun from start to finish i mean a, a few a bad like the, i don't think the animation ever dips below its norm but its norm is kind of average um mm-hmm what do you call it? If I had to say some negatives about it, the homeless guy I talked about before uh, is a former train molester uh, who is homeless because he lost his job because of that. Um, oh God. And he he's kind of creepy, <laughs> very creepy, but um, at least he doesn't do that in the show. Um, yeah. Let me think. Eh. Yeah, I mean, other than that, uh like ando ando's uh attempts to uh get chio to notice him uh get a little old towards the end because like at that point just say something because it's been a while but yeah other than that i i I really enjoyed all these characters and i really uh i i wouldn't mind another season of this um although i would hope for a bit more progression (laughs) um if I had to give this one a score, I mean it's a it's a pure comedy, but I don't know. I I, I like I think this was probably my favorite comedy of the season. I think I'd give this a four out of five. Okay. Um, really fun start to finish. All good, right. Good. Good. Nice. So for those of you wondering where I'm going to go for this next one, I'm going to take my headphones off because peace, dog. Uh, we are watching this show in our group watch. Plug, plug, plug. Um. And uh, yeah, I'll be back when they're done talking about it. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll let you know. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay, Jeff. Carlos is is gone. Carlos shit talking hour. Um, Exactly. Yes, this is actually going to be recorded. Um, Part of this podcast, we're going to start our own um, separate podcast. This is episode one of that podcast, the Carlos shit talking hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i feel like you need to play the music at that point I know. Okay. <laughs> anyways um, um anyway it's time to so, zero 
Steins Gate Zero. Uh, this is my show. It was the show. I mean, I spent years looking forward to the show coming out. Um, I've mentioned it before on the cast. I've said it to many people. Steins Gate is, uh, if not my favorite, one of my favorite anime of all time. Um, the original Steins Gate. And so Steins Gate Zero, of course, I was ecstatic for uh, when we saw this kind of come up. And we talked a little bit about it uh, in the draft and the first impressions and everything. Um, you, Logan, have watched the original Steins Gate. I have indeed. You have not watched any and Steins I should, Gate Zero. I have not. Um, okay. And I don't know if I necessarily plan to. So, okay. you know, lay sure. it on me. I'm not, I'm not worried about spoilers <laughs> or anything. Uh, we should right say on. that there will be uh, spoilers for the... Original season of Science Gate. So if you haven't watched that, maybe don't listen to yeah. this part and look at the uh, timestamps in the description, and you can skip this to the next show. But skip uh, to the next show. Yeah, yeah. join Carlos in taking those earphones off because yeah, the original Science Gate you do not want to spoil. There's yeah, just too much really exciting going on in that. Um, Steins Gate Zero uh, wouldn't really be too worried about having this spoiled, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I think I have to go back to what I enjoyed about the original Steins Gate. I enjoyed um, kind of the first half and how lighthearted and fun and funny it was. And I've been rewatching it for the group watch recently. And just um, Okabe is an awesome, funny character, in my opinion. Mm. I, I think his interactions with uh, the other lab members and all the other characters are, you know, are hilarious. Um, the environment in, you know, Akiba and, uh, kind of how that leads to a lot of really inside kind of otaku jokes. Uh -huh. um, but throughout all this and their kind of mischief in creating this time machine, um, they get themselves in deep shit. Yeah. Um, so while the first half is really fun and lighthearted, uh, they end up in, in really in a mess, uh, which I think the way that that mystery builds and then how it deconstructs to the point where um they are in really bad place and Okabe's has to do a whole bunch of stuff to kind of fix it. Um, it, it was just a great open and shut story. I mean, honestly, I thought they did a great job. And of course I have my issues and we've discussed those and we will discuss those when we go over the, the first impression um, or not the first impression, the, uh, the review when we do it for the group watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they really handled time travel, which is an incredibly hard story to tell in yeah. most cases uh, really, really well. In a fun way. Uh, whereas we come into Steinsgate Zero, and this is an alternate ending um, where essentially uh, Okabe has accepted the death of Kurisu um, in order to save Mayuri's life. Huh. So okay. he, basic, he basically was presented with this choice. Um, in you know, kind of a choice uh, where if he couldn't find the Steins Gate world line, he had to basically choose between Kurisu and Mayuri. And in this, in this Steins Gate Zero world, he um, chose to save Mayuri. Um, I think the biggest problem I have with Steins Gate Zero, though, is not that Kurisu's gone. It's that he's gone. Uh, we have Okabe, but we don't have Hoenn Kyoma. <laughs> gotcha. So he, like... Um, the the shock and you know depression that came from him having to choose or to make that decision rather kind of shook him from his uh fun yeah. natured he, uh, antics super just melodramatic depressed um just just he he is not fun the entire okay. show it doesn't really tell jokes um and the effect that that has actually is kind of interesting on characters like Mayuri who misses old you know Hoween 
you know? Yeah. Um, that's what she loved about him. You know, she loved his antics and stuff. And so that's kind of interesting how it plays on her. So I'm not totally down on this show, but I think the lack of Hoenn Kyoma and the lack of that interaction between all those characters was a huge, huge detriment to this, to this show, to this season. Um, I just found it super melodramatic, super kind of heavy and, um, and just, there's not the fun that I associated with Steinsgate, which to me was yeah. the magic of that show. Um, so what, what was the, the main crux of this season? Uh, um, it, it was weird because it almost didn't have a direction. I felt like for most of the time. So, um, Okabe, uh-huh. uh, it was almost a cop out because he still has Kurisu through this weird, he, he meets some, um, Oh God, what's her name? Maho. I think she's uh, basically a scientist who worked with uh, Kurisu in America okay. and um, they were partners and um, they, her and um, her, her professor developed a AI that they basically put the memories of Kurisu in. And so you have the character of Kurisu in a smartphone screen, most of the show, which okay. to me felt like a cop out to me. Um, so you're still seeing them kind of interact with Kurisu a lot through that smartphone screen. And you still have basically this like perfect AI of the person of Kurisu inside this screen. Um, there's also a new couple, Maho's a new character. Um, apparently with Suzuha, when Suzuha time traveled, she brought yeah. also a girl Kagari with her who okay. looks basically exactly like Kurisu. Weirdly enough. Interesting. Okay. Um, which I was expecting that mystery to go a little more than it did, which it was just kind of like, Oh, weird. They just look the same. Um, I might've missed something somewhere because to <laughs> me that was just odd that they look the same and there was not much of an explanation for it. Um, so yes, let me know in, uh, in discord or an email if I, if I missed something serious there. But, um, so full on, we're going full on spoilers now, essentially the way it all kind of comes down is stuff seems to still be going weird. Um, turns out Kagari was, a, was, kidnapped and that was kind of where the first drama starts to come where she just kind of disappears because she's kind of part of the group and she's mysterious and then she disappears um turns out that she was basically sent back in time uh to help a guy um perfect the professor um of maho and them the leskin professor leskin um to help him his past self uh acquire a time machine and take over the world basically. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay. All this time, uh, you know, Okabe is kind of like battling with himself. It's, you know, the fact he, he's basically, he's got Kurisu in the smartphone, but, um, you know, he misses her, but then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. and he ends up going back in time because he needs to, he realizes, you know, basically like the death of Mayuri in the original uh-huh. Steinsgate, the, she kind of, the death of Mayuri ends up becoming one of those, um, points, uh, I forget the, what they call it in the show, but yeah. the point where he can't, no matter how many times he goes back and tries to change things, it doesn't um, change where her and Suzuha are going to go back and get in this time machine and go back in time to save Okabe and make him hoeing again or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this plan that Professor Leskin enacts uh, every single time, regardless of what Okabe does when he goes back in time to um, to try to stop it, they blow up the time machine before it is able to go back in time. So Susahan, Mayuri keep dying. Okay. Uh, 
and the whole time, you know what I actually forgot to mention too is this. Most of the show, there wasn't a time machine. Um, okay. Okabe had the D-mail thing um, in this timeline destroyed because he didn't want to play with time anymore. So throughout most of this, there wasn't a time machine until about three quarters of the way through the show when um, Maho and um, Daru go behind Okabe's back and create the D-mail again. Okay. Um, <laughs> So there's just a whole bunch of crazy stuff that happens. Um, the show saves itself. I, I was really, really down on this show based on everything I'm saying up until about, I don't know, three episodes before it ended where we finally get Hoeen back. Okay. And there's this moment where he does his like signature laugh and I got chills. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, I missed you. You know, like yeah. I was just, I, I knew he was what was missing. And when he came back, the last few episodes of the show were actually really, really strong. Um, and uh, I think that saves it from being a really bad show. Yeah. Uh, so how do things shake out in the end? Um, it, <sighs> I feel like there's not much closure. Like they definitely okay. are leaving it open to, to go further um they're they're still there's they haven't found the steins gate world line to save everybody um but they kind of are they're they're gonna do it you know like yeah. they're ready they're they're gonna and, and that's i feel like that's kind of how it ended there's not there's not really the closure that it needed god i'm having trouble even remembering exactly how it ended now <laughs> uh, all of the, the the journey um i was kind of down on it uh yeah um definitely wanting more of the show at this point because yeah. of the way those last three, I, I felt like it just got good before it ended um, because he was back. Uh, so I don't really have too much more to say. Any other questions? No, I think, <laughs> uh, I think that's all I need to know for sure. Yeah. Um, um, what would you get? I just, this show, this show does not do well as a, as a melodrama. Like it really spent most of the time doing it. Just, I felt like, I was really picking apart while it was fun. I was like, okay with some of the inconsistencies in the storyline uh -huh. and the holes and the time travel plot and all that. Um, when it takes itself so seriously, like it did this season, um, I just found myself picking apart all the holes and really feeling like that, that doesn't make sense or that's not how that would work or that's just annoying or, yeah. um, you know, so I don't know. I, I think when a show is humorous, it, it, you, you give it a lot of passes that maybe you don't when it's taken itself so seriously, but what do I give it? Um, yeah, it really was good in the end. Um, but it just was not enjoyable most of the time. I mean, it kept me watching because it's Steinsgate and I kept hoping something was going to happen, uh -huh. but, uh, I don't know that I can go any better than this is probably going to disappoint a lot of people because I see like the mal reviews are pretty high on this, but I, I can't go any higher than a two point five. It's average. Yeah. That's kind of where I was expecting you to go after yeah. everything that you said. So this is ranked number thirty seven total for anime on yeah. mal. Well, I just it mal blows my sometimes. mind. It's just weird to me that that I would really be curious to talk to someone else who watched it to see what they what they thought um, to see what was positive to them. Yeah, for sure. About it. And, uh, uh, that was quick. Yeah. You think? Did it feel quick? I oh. felt like it went pretty, it was going pretty long. I was feeling kind of bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait for, um, I can't wait to review the original Steinscape with you guys <laughs> after the group watch is over because, um, yeah, yeah, I, I uh, 
I think I feel like I gave it a pretty, I, I just kind of gave it a review, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steins Gate Zero. So, uh, Carlos, if you don't want the ranking spoiled, don't look at our doc. I'm sure. Well, too, way too late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the doc that I have to look at to introduce the next show. It's required reading. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, did anyone draft this? Yes, mm. I did. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. I did, yes. This was one of my shows from not last season, but the previous season, which is Persona 5 the Animation. Um, it's based on the Atlas game, Persona 5. Uh, and if you are familiar with you know, how they do the Persona animes, it's pretty much just the... Uh, story of the game kind of condensed down into like a I don't know like a highlight reel of the the best moments as they you know, burn their way through uh, the story. Um, the, the story in this one is a, a guy named uh, what's Ren is his name in Ren the, uh, the yeah. anime yeah Amamiya Ren Amamiya Ren um, he uh, one like one night walking home from somewhere or something. Uh, sees a woman getting kind of assaulted by a drunken man and goes to protect her and ends up hurting the guy who was assaulting the woman. Turns out that that guy is like some big wig uh, government official and gets Ren kind of booked on like assault charges himself. And so he gets sent to uh, Tokyo to live with this uh, older guy. Um, Sojiro. Yeah, Sojiro. Uh, at this coffee shop um, where he's going to live and then attend uh, a school uh, close by. Um, and he goes to that school on his way. He meets a... Uh, I should really just have the... I can't remember any of the names. This is just <laughs> Ryuji? so bad. Yeah, Ryuji. Man, well, I just blocked I, him because he's so this, bad. This is one of the like. This is one of the few like shows where I know everyone's name because... Yeah. like. I just I don't. I can know. remember all the girls' names. That's the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about the guys, though. Um, yeah, he meets Ryuji, and uh, as they approach the school, um, an app on Ren's phone activates, and they get sent to like an alternate world, uh, the cognitive world. Which, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with any other Persona uh, franchise, you'll know that. It's like this kind of bizarre world where people's desires kind of uh, take shape in the form of monsters, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, and so the like the the first thing that they kind of go through is there's this uh, teacher at the school who's a former Olympic athlete who's like uh, abusing and molesting the uh, both. Like abusing the male students, molesting the female students uh, who are on his volleyball team and just in general around the school. Um, in particular, he's got his eye on a girl named An, uh, who is kind of like the... I guess she's not the star of the school, uh, but she's like an idol, so she's she's very pretty and... Uh, you know, she's the pretty who, blonde Japanese chick in school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so they kind of uh, help to take down 
um, the teacher whose name I can't remember either. I'm failing miserably. That 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 one's a little difficult for it. Starts with a K. I remember that, but I yeah I, I blocked him. He was my least favorite villain. Uh, yeah, Kamo, uh, Kamoshida. Yeah, he was so Kamosh- <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Kamosh- Kamoshima. Kamoshida. Yeah, Kamoshida. Kamoshida. Um. So they kind of uh they get and the join their little group as they. Well, I guess I'm I'm bungling everything right now. It's so long ago. I can't remember. Well, um, I mean, it's it's not caught, that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I, like, yeah, they, they like in the course of of you know taking down that that palace, they mm. they they bring on in. I mean, it, yeah, it's all well, kind of tied. I was going to say they like the big thing is they they each have personas that they awaken to um, mm-hmm. due to you know stresses in their life or whatever, um, which gives them these powers, and then they go into this cognitive world and they uh, steal the hearts in quotes of uh, these uh, bad people. To kind right. of help them have a a change of heart um, and admit to their wrongdoings. So the, yeah, for if if it, if anyone listening like hasn't seen this and hasn't played the game, a play the game, play the game. Bit, but b like so personas are kind of like a metaphor for what do you call it? The character just not not hiding behind the societal mat like this is kind of what i got from it and i think it's pretty much right form oh just you know take like not essentially saying they're not going to stand for you know being quiet and like society wants them to and allowing these people with these distorted desires to to just run rampant because they're higher on the social hierarchy or whatever um which is an interesting concept uh and then the this taking of hearts, like the the treasure that they're stealing, is their distorted desire. So essentially, taking away that bit of them makes them realize just how terrible they've been in doing the the things that they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So so for- they essentially get a conscience after the heart is t- taken. Like you, you, when once you steal, once the desire is stolen, does that oh, they start feeling guilty for the fact that they had it? Is that kind of how it um, it's, works or it's more like so for kamashita they steal his uh treasure which was a his olympic medal or whatever mm-hmm. like that and um like the next thing that we see of him is that he admits to everything that he's done it's like so yeah he grows a conscious gotcha. like he realizes like hits him like a ton of bricks that what he's done is just messed up and gross and dumb and that he needs to repent for, you know, the sins that he's committed. The way I, I kind of see it is is the the treasure or their heart or the desire, whatever you want to call it, um, kind of blocks. Like they had a conscience; they're human, but mm-hmm. like that desire and that that thought process blocks their conscience. So it's just kind of like, and so what? Like that's why they get become so sad. It's like letting the floodgates in. It's like, oh my god, I am the worst. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, so that's the first person to join their group. Uh, over the course of the anime, there's a large number of uh, other people to join. Uh, we've got Yusuke, who's an artist who is being taken advantage of by his uh, teacher, and so they deal with that. Um, I think next is Makoto, correct? Yeah, Makoto's next. Um, who is kind of like tasked by the principal of the school and uh 
I'm not sure if anyone else, but to kind of look into the Phantom Thieves, which is what Ren and his group call themselves, because uh, they steal the hearts of the uh, the the wicked and evil. Um, so she joins, and they take care of her issue. Um, and then I think we get Futaba, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if you want to. I know you're she, she's your favorite, so I don't know if you <laughs> talk about her at all. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's just the same as as the other characters. She's um, got a semi tragic past, and M- Makoto doesn't. Makoto was interesting because she, um, her big breakout was she was sick of having to play by the rules when she knew that you know there were was all this evil going on. Yeah. Um, but Futaba, uh, yeah, her her dungeon was really tragic um because her her mom uh kills herself and uh the adults who are tasked with taking her elsewhere are all influenced by this by the big bad guy i won't say anything more but they're um they're influenced to or they're paid off to make futaba who at this point is a child feel like that it, it's her fault that her mom killed herself. So she yeah. kind of internalizes that and that like, she's like when we meet her, she's a shut in and, and, um and all that stuff. And um I, I won't give away why, like, like what her dungeon is about or why her dungeon comes to be. But I, I really, it, it's one of my favorite stories and I'm, I'm glad in the anime they dedicated so much time for it, but that might have been to the detriment of, of the yeah. ending. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get we'll, into that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she joins, and then I think that rounds out the group, except for Akechi. Uh, you, you didn't you didn't mention uh, Morgana. Oh, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of kind of an integral part, I guess. Oh, yeah. Morgana is this. Uh, a uh, cat who can speak to those who have entered the, um, I guess it's called the metaverse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and entered the metaverse. Um, and uh, he, she, it kind of plays a role as kind of their guide through the metaverse because Morgana knows um, kind of how things work in there, though, even though uh, Morgana can't remember. Um, their past and how they got to where they were. Um, but yeah, I felt like the pacing in this show was just bizarre considering the amount of content that they had to get through Yeah, and how they kind of divvied it out. Um, because like you said, they spent a lot of time on uh, Futaba's dungeon. Yeah, it was like four episodes. Yeah, but I was happy because I'm like, one yay, like one episode. Yeah, yeah, everyone else gets like one, two episodes. Um, and I get that that you know it's a big a big thing. Um, Futaba's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Futaba, like her storyline too, ties in so much with the the overarching narrative of of uh, cognitive science, and that's science with a psi, which is. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that was the one part I'm like you didn't need to make it like that anyway. But yeah, the the whole uh being able to go into people's like palace, yeah, yeah, like palaces and their consciousness um 
uh, was like a big like field of study and and like her arc kind of becomes like a revenge arc to get back for her mom but yeah. um yeah it's they they did like they did really poorly pace it um i will say uh i did enjoy because like there's in the game there's so many characters it's not just your your main cast of characters but there are outside characters because like when you're not fighting these uh shadows you're you're le- you're powering up because the way you power up is through bonds through relationships so you form uh-huh. bonds with all these people on the outside and in the anime they show them and one of the things that i actually i actually did think was cool although i really wish they had more time uh was um they would tie these bonds into the dungeon so you would see ren getting closer to this person and how that would kind of affect his combat like in the dungeon or whatever. I mean, it was really loosely tied in and it was almost like a montage thing, um, which I thought was a creative way to try and save some time. But at the same time, at, at certain points, it made it way longer than it needed to be. Yeah. So yeah. it was a cool concept, but with only two cores, it really, really killed the pace. For sure. And the ending definitely suffered because of that. Because the... Where they end this game, or this game, where they end this anime at, based on you know the game, they essentially give us the bad ending. That's the ending that we get. Yeah. Well, I mean that that is an ending that you see in the game. Oh, not an ending. It's... That is something that happens in the game. Well, the game will the game ended there the first time for me because I made a, an incorrect choice. That was the end of the game for me. Oh. That's right. Yeah, there's like there's a couple decisions towards the end that you make. And right. If you choose incorrectly, you get the bad ending. So that is the bad ending. <laughs> but there is just like like in the game when you get to that point and you make the correct choices, you do see that. But then there's like fifteen more hours of game Yeah, there's so much that. more. Yeah. Um and it's it's such a strange choice because in like Persona Four they give you the true ending uh in uh before the animation so why they decided to go with the the bad ending in this well, one at, did you like at the very very end you get ryuji doing the you know just kidding like he actually says nanjate like right at the very oh, very really? yeah right at the very very that. end of the, the episode so it is the true ending because um uh what do you call it sai shows akechi the phone Yes. And so that's that's like the herald of the true ending. For sure. But that's true. Yeah, like if if that's all you got, like if that's all you saw, then like especially if if you had only been watching the anime and you never played the game, like I imagine people just turned it off right there. Like cuz uh, cuz uh like the end happens and then credits roll and you have to wait till the very very end of the episode to <laughs> to see the the part that I talked about. Um, yeah which was just Um, baffling so i do wonder if they're going to i know you said there's an ova there's going to like OVAs to finish it so yeah i wonder how many they're gonna do because they probably need quite a few the thing is is okay this show could have been a lot better and granted it will it would never hold up to the game because the game is just phenomenal seriously go play the game if you have a ps4 i don't know why you haven't played the game unless you physically I can't. I mean, it's a huge time commitment, but... It, but, yeah, like, yeah. Do it. it. I, 
an hour a night. There you go. Um, I'll watch someone play it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. just experience it. Let's somewhere. play. Let's play. Channels still exist, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think with more seasons, this could have been decent, like much better than it was. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm getting out of hearing you guys talk. Is in, in my thought when I heard you mention Kamoshida and the a bit I've played of the game. There's so much there to work with when, as far as, you know, the environment and the character interactions and the music, the, the, <laughs> the music, but, but I'm saying like, you could almost have done an entire core with just two of the villains. And they, they are kind of standalone stories too, which, you know, it, it seems baffling to me that they're trying to cram so much of that good story into a small, you know, space, yeah. uh, you know, um, yeah, a lot, a lot gets cut out, um, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of good side stuff in that game that they just don't even cover it. On. Well, yeah. I, what I will say, though, too, is like as much as like I think it would have been more complete with more seasons. However, towards the end of this season, like eh, towards the middle, but definitely towards the end, man, does it start getting rough looking. Yeah. So yeah. with more, I can't say that with more seasons they wouldn't have just completely cut corners. <laughs> so yeah. it's it, it's hard for me to say one way or the other. But like, if this is the best the anime can do, then or if this is the best, who is this? A one did this. A one pictures. Yeah. Yeah. If this is the best they can do, then just stick to the game. Yeah. Um, it's just unfortunate because. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see Ren talking because like Ren does kind of talk in the video game, but only when you pick what he says and never out loud. <laughs> yeah, it it almost does seem like a, a case here where the game is just so good um, that I don't I can't see them recreating it as an anime and having it be anywhere as good. I, I, I just don't know how that would be possible. It's always going to be better experience through the game, likely with this, with this kind of a story. Yeah, I, um, I completely agree, but I think there's a way, like I really, really enjoyed the Persona 4. Animation. Yeah. P, the P4 animation was very good. Um, okay. um, I, I will say it's not as good as the game, but it, it is much, exactly, much better. There, there is a way that it can be enjoyable and fulfilling. But does, but, yeah. does the Persona 4 animation follow as closely to the story, the game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it tells the there. There are definitely like the story. There are definitely things that that are kind of cut out, but like they're completely unnecessary things. So yeah, okay. They, they, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I came away from this one just kind of perplexed and like feeling like it was a very much non-ending because there's still so many questions that they bring up in the anime that are just not touched at all. Yeah, um, especially so. with the ending. Like if, again, if people who haven't played the game, like that ending for you came out of nowhere. You have no idea why that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why did uh, that character do that thing? Catchy, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, no explanation whatsoever. And um, and like, I know we normally spoil this because you know I I I always say on these casts, you know, it's a review cast. But I really want you to play this game. Yeah, it's a good game. <laughs> um, or watch a Let's Play. Okay, Hell, if you want let's... me to do a Let's Play, we can do a Let's Play on this channel. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. Um, let's. Hey, if, if anyone wants horse, that, let us know thing. because I would love to do a Let's Play with you guys. For this game. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'll, it's your okay. it's your show. Um. Uh, uh, um. 
I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five. Yeah, I mean, as as much crap as I gave it throughout the season, I, I'm I'm the same. It was still just average, but the, that's the problem is it could have been so much better than average. That's yeah, why we're disappointed. A five out of five. Yeah, the, the game's the amazing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like as much crap as we gave it, I, I'm sure people were like, "What? That's not that low. That's average." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the point. It was average. Yeah, that's that's what's sad about better. it." Yeah, that almost echoes my my sentiments about Stein's Kid Zero. <laughs> it just could have been better. <laughs> it's uh, not that I'm mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, we're now the anime dads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have children yet. <laughs> uh, Welcome all right. to the Anime Dodds podcast. <laughs> oh, well, no. we, we all need to. We all it's need to lie. go have children, which Kids. I'm not yeah. really willing to do at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, so the next show is one I drafted, and one I uh, uh, was really looking forward to, considering uh, it was backed by uh, King Records. Um, who you know don't have a shortage of money to their name this is ongaku shoujo or music girls as it was known on uh crunchyroll um it was uh done by studio dean and it follows um the well <laughs> it follows the career of of the music girls or I'm just going to keep calling them Ongaku Shoujo. Uh, it, it's okay. an idol group called Ongaku Shoujo. And they, um, it's a, a group of uh, like 11 girls. And they, um, they're like a small time idol group, but they're, they're, they're still produced by Queen Records, quote unquote. Like, uh, good job, King. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, we meet the uh, main character in the first episode, Hanako, and she's coming to the uh, to uh, Japan. And her, I like, she hears that there's going to be an idol con, or there's going to be idols in the uh, the airport that they're in. They're going to have like an an idol show, and she thinks that idols are monsters or like kaiju. <laughs> so she's really excited to see the monster show. And she shows up and she finds out what idols are. Well, it turns out Hanako's parents are like really famous musical performers or producers, question mark. It's never really said. They're, they're in the music industry. Um, and Hanako has quite a bit of training in the music industry uh, with, uh, I, I think like at one point they talk about how she can like write songs and she can play instruments and uh, she can see choreography and replicate it right there on the spot um but it turns out she is the worst singer like has a terrible voice um so she um what do you call it she is invited backstage by the music girls because like they have like a a um uh audience call like they pick somebody from the audience to to uh to have up with them on stage and she's invited backstage and that's when they find out she can't sing for shit um and she gets really excited like she loves the idea of idols after seeing what they really are and and like she's blown away by the performance and uh, uh when they find out she can't sing she decides to kind of follow in her parents footsteps but in a different way 
uh, she decides or asks her parents if she can become the uh, manager of uh, the uh, Ongaku Shoujo along with their producer. I can't remember exactly what the catalyst for this was. She does something that impresses them so much that they're like, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you as a because her parents are so famous that the producer is like, yeah, absolutely. Any kid of yours, you know, um, who can, again, A, memorize choreography after seeing it one time and all that stuff. I'd love to have her on my staff. So she she joins the staff of Ongoku Shoujo. Not, she doesn't become an idol, which I, I thought was a really cool premise um, because she's she's not an idol. She, we get to see a little bit of the back, uh, background uh, production <laughs> committee. Um, and that's about where the good stuff ends. Oh no! Because episode <laughs> one, from episode one, this show looked horrendous. Every single cell, like not every single cell. That's that way. I, I, that's way. Yeah, no. But like, just about every cell of the show is terrible looking. Um, the very first, I knew it from like the very first uh, performance because the very first performance uses repeat animations. At least three times, uh, and um, it just it looks bad. The whole thing looks bad. It's I can't I can't emphasize enough how terrible this show looks. Um, when when they have performances later on down the line, they use the exact same performance. Like not uh-huh. not all the time. Like there's one extra new one, and at the very end, they have a CG performance. Like that's where all like, it seems like every cent of their budget went into that CG performance, and it just looked okay. It, at times, a little janky, but you know, like I I've seen super early, like the super early Muse um, uh, music videos, like before they had the anime, and those look pretty rough. But but yeah, like every cent of the budget seemed to have gone into that CG performance that was at best okay. Um, and like furthering that, the characters just weren't really that compelling. Um, mm. I and like the music was wasn't really that great. Uh, a lot of the the conflict in the show or the 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 issues were were kind of silly. For example, uh, one episode uh, we meet um, a character who's I think her name is Shoop Shoope. It's you know S H U P E. Um, and she's, her thing is she's really good at makeup because her mom was a makeup artist and she grew up around her mom and, you know, loved doing makeup and stuff like that. (laughs) Really quick, funny, but kind of messed up. Shoop looks really bad without makeup. (laughs) And it's like, that's kind of a messed up thing to to do, like to a character. Like, oh, you're not really good looking. You're not idle material until you have your makeup on. Oh, but the crux of that episode was um, uh, they, they go to a, I don't remember if it was like a photo shoot or something, and the, their normal makeup artist can't make it. Like, she, she's booked somewhere else on accident. And, like, Shoop can do, or Shoop can do makeup, but doesn't want to because she's nervous about trying it on other girls it's it's like the blandest conflict ever <laughs> it's so i was i can't tell you how bored i was most of these episodes now, towards the end it gets a little bit more interesting 
um, we get a, we get uh, Kotoko, who is one of the girls who has um, uh, siblings. She's actually like one of like four or five, and she goes to visit her brother, and a photographer catches them walking arm in arm, and with like nothing else to go on you know they pause it is this her boyfriend it's a scandal whatever whatever <laughs> despite the fact again it's her brother they probably look alike and just any bit of research would have been like no that's totally her brother um but queen records decide this is the the big conflict by the way queen records decides they're going to get rid of ongogo shoujo i mean they're not that big like they're starting to kind of come up in the scene but they're not worth a scandal at this point and Kotoko has this big, you know, uh, like apology and stuff like that. And and they set the terms that if they can get 10,000 fans to this one music festival, that Ongoku Shoujo can stay and won't be disbanded by Queen Records. And um, what do you call it? First off, that's ridiculous. <laughs> because they get they, they do get several thousand people to come to the music the, to this uh, it's like an outdoor music festival uh, they get uh-huh. they get several thousand fans to come to their stage alone and the whole time okay two things the whole time uh they're they're singing and performing these uh mostly stills um we're seeing uh the girls and we're hearing in this side their monologue so they something to the tune of 3459 4,556. That's over 5,000. I'm like, how are you counting this? Are there markers? Are there people markers? If, if humans are past this line, then it's, we're at 5,000. And they just, they like, they keep going like this. And the whole time, the president of Queen Records is there giving them shit. Like, don't you have something better to do? You're the president (laughs) of a record company. And he's just sitting there like, you guys sure you could do it? I don't think you guys could do it. And I'm like, what is this logic? And then, (laughs) and then like a, uh, the, cause it's an, again, an outdoor music festival, like in the mountains, like the, the fuses or the, the generators break and there's no more lights on the stage that Ongo or that Ongo Shoujo are performing on. And, um, uh, like fans start to leave and, and Hanako starts to get worried because, you know, as a staff member, she really wants this to work out. And so she goes up on like, like, and nobody's doing anything. Everybody's just kind of like, like Hanako's the only one running around to like the stage people or the, 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 the staff people and being like, Hey, when can you get this fixed? And, and while she's doing that, the president of the company is there still bugging her about whether or not she can get this done. Um, uh, and and I like the all the girls in Ongaku Shoujo are just being sad backstage. Um, and so Hanako goes on stage and starts because again she can't sing to save yeah. her life. Goes on stage and starts embarrassing herself so that by singing so that like people will stay to take video of the girl who can't sing and I don't know post it to Reddit or some stupid shit. Um, and then all the girls in. Ongaku Shoujo have this awakening and are like, you're right, we could do this without, you know, instruments or without, um, you know, the the music or anything like that. Um, we just need to be here ourselves. And they have this amazing moment where they all go up on stage and you hear a slap and you're thinking that somebody slapped Hanako for being so stupid. They all slap themselves. <laughs> it, was just amusing. it was really amusing. Uh, but, okay, so and, and then of course uh, the power comes back 
they get the 10,000. Um, the president stops being a dick. But for whatever reason, after this point, after, uh, you know, all that happened, Hanako is now in Ongaku Shoujo. Again, who cannot sing. Like, that's been the crux of the whole anime. But at the very end, she's in. The 12th member. And singing and dancing. And, and like, even in, like, further scenes, they're like, yeah, no, she's totally a part of Ongaku Shoujo now, despite the fact that she can't sing to save her wow. life. Yeah, it's everything about this show was just bafflingly bad from the story to, to the the animation the music was like the best part and it was just okay i probably won't go out and buy these and like up until this point the worst idol anime i've ever seen is idol jihen or idol incidents and even that i i, <laughs> I have the music for that because the opening and ending were really good and some of the insert songs were really good the worst part about that was that it lost budget and started falling off hard, really, really hard. It was really sad because it was an interesting show, eh, semi-interesting show. This one was bad from start to finish, and there were pretty much no redeeming qualities. So this is pretty much the low bar for idle anime for me, and I'm really sad about that because I, <laughs> I was so hopeful for this show. But even with all that, it was still, like I said, the premise going into it, even like I was still interested in it because... I was kind of hoping for maybe like a Shiro Bako-esque idol anime where we got to, you know, look into the the product like the production side of of idol uh yeah. in the idol industry. 5 out of 5. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, this is this is hard. I'm so split. I got to give it a 1. Oof. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I'd, Rest in peace. I'd give it a point. I'd give it a point five, but it 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 got it did a little bit better with the um, like I said, the, it it did hook me with the premise despite the really crap uh, uh, first episode. Whew. Yeah. <sighs> point five one. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Oh, that was terrible. Well, let's <laughs> let's keep this gravy train rolling. Yeah, keep the terrible train going, you mean? <laughs> uh, next up, we have the anime Hanibato, which was one of my picks. Um, this anime is about a girl named Ayano Hanasaki, uh, who uh, in middle school was like an incredible badminton player. She grew up in a badminton family. Um, and in the like final middle school tournament, um, she destroyed... A girl named uh, Nagisa Aragaki. Um, it turns out that they both attend the same high school. Um, though Ayano has quit badminton um, because her mom left her. And um, she kind of lost love for the game and decided that she was done with it. Um, her friend, Ayano's friend... Um, Elena decides to drag uh, Ayano to the badminton club and kind of like pseudo forces her to join the badminton club by volunteering to become the uh, the manager. Wasn't it that the, um, the, the coach saw? Yeah, so yeah, the, the coach saw that Ayano 
Um, at the tennis they, club? Yeah, at the tennis club. They were looking at various clubs, and at the tennis club, Ayano kind of uh, blocks a tennis ball from nailing uh, Elena. And the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the coach creepily kind of runs over and starts, like, feeling her legs and arms and stuff like that, like, commenting that she has, like, the perfect body for badminton. Um, and then, so, yeah, so Elena uh, kind of gets reminded that Ayano was really good at badminton and thinks that she should continue that in high school. So she drags her to the club and forces her to join. Um, there, you know, they see that uh, Aragaki's there and Aragaki's kind of turned into a, a tyrant uh, of the club um, due to her work ethic and her drive to be the best. Uh, she kind of um, forces several of the other club members to kind of resign because they aren't taking it as seriously and they just kind of wanted to enjoy themselves. So uh, they lose some members, but they gain Ayano and Elena as the coach. Manager. Manager. Yes, sorry, manager. Um, and uh, Ayano decides that maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea to you know, play Batman as a team rather than trying to do everything by yourself. Mm. Into the picture comes, well, several people. I think first we meet um, the girl who loves herself. I can't remember her name. <laughs> oh, uh, Kauruko Serigaya. Yeah. Just a, a pink-haired psycho um, who apparently was kind of the reason that uh, Ayano stopped playing uh, in the last tournament that Ayano played. Um, Karako was sick, so Karako tricked her going, tricked her into going into like a, an equipment room and gave Ayano her cold so they could be on an even playing field. Japanese people, Ayano, not how that yeah, works. Not, not how, how that, that works. works. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they both had, you know, this sickness and they were playing badminton and Ayano ended up losing uh, due to fatigue and just being unable to, to keep up. And then her mom left, apparently. Um, <laughs> Straight up abandoned her. Just, yeah. As Ayano's like, mom, don't leave. She just walks out the door. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that to your kids. Yeah, don't do that. Um, so she shows up randomly at their school and challenges Ayano to a game. And destroys her um, and makes comments like, you know, you used to be better and, you know, what happened to you and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't know, kind of brushes that off. And then they go on a, was it like a, are they having a practice match? Yeah, they, they have like um like an exhibition type thing with another school to kind of practice for the upcoming tournament. Yep, and it turns out that the star of that uh, school is a girl named uh, Connie, who uh, Connie Christensen. Is Christensen who, a Nordic name? I don't believe it is. Let us know if you know. Is she from? She's Denmark. She, yeah, she's Danish. Danish, yeah. Um, turns out that Connie is, uh, <laughs> I guess the the girl that Iona's mom left Iona for. Turns out that uh, she's like the the pseudo daughter to uh, Ayano's mom over in the the Denmark area, where apparently her mom went to teach badminton for Seriously, whatever reason. The farthest place from Japan she pr- 
probably could possibly go like outside yeah. of the North Pole or, or Antarctica. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have a, a doubles match where it's. Um, oh, who's in that match? Ayano was it Ayano and Aragaki. Um, or was it? No, oh, it was Ayano and uh, the glasses. Girl. Rico. Rico, yeah, against uh, Connie and then one of her teammates. But Connie's like straight up, you don't touch the the shuttlecock at all. Yeah, you just stand in the corner and let me handle this one v two. Just like at this point in the show, I was like, okay, so every bad character is just going to be a straight up asshole. Got it? Yeah. And then their coach walks in and is like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the most. The most like passive coach at all t- of all time. <laughs> he looked like he was about eighty, so he just probably was like, "Yeah, I just don't have the strength for this." So yeah, he probably yeah, was just like, he was probably like the English teacher that they were like, "Hey, we need a coach. <laughs> Do you know anything about badminton?" No, perfect. Just sit yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, um. So they, you know, they have a match, and um, Connie's able to, you know, one v two them for the most part. Um. But they are about to lose because Connie cramps up and then her teammate uh, saves the day. But Connie hates that, um, and, like bashes her teammate because uh, she's a, just a shit bag. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> when Ayano and the rest of the girls are leaving, Connie like takes Ayano aside and, you know, rubs it in her face that she's with her mom. <laughs> And that kind of like destroys Ayano um, emotionally, and that's kind of where the show takes just well, she, the worst she, turn. She comes back a little bit, like when when uh, when um, Erina, like when they they have that little scene at the um, the the taco taco, you know, the what do you call it, octopus uh, uh, park thing. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not until. Ayano's mom comes back super nonchalantly like, hey, I mean, I know I haven't called or texted and I just kind of walked out on you, uh, but here I am. And that's when it's like complete turn. Like, yeah. Woo. Where Ayano turns into just a complete psychopath. Yeah. You remember um, how like every other character was an asshole <laughs> up until now? Yeah. Ayano, who was like the really sweet quiet one who definitely had some problems and was probably going to have problems takes a 180 and becomes a complete asshole yeah yeah it's like every every word out of her mouth is just like a confrontational uh well i guess non-confrontational confrontational word like oh wow yeah you're really bad aren't you huh yeah oh yeah yeah you wouldn't stand a chance against me (sighs) I wouldn't even try uh, if I were you or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, why are you even doing yeah. this? You're not very good, are you? It's like, like oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut up. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> why isn't anybody slapping? Yeah. yeah. Slap her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my God. And then we get, um, we get into the tournament where she's pretty much, she's pretty much doing that the entire tournament. But at that point, I feel like the main character becomes Aragaki. <laughs> It's true, yeah. Uh, um, because at this point, Aragaki is no longer an a-hole. She gets, like, she plays Hanasaki that one time towards the beginning, and, and then she mellows out. Yeah, um, and she's, you know, she has uh, some problems of her own. She has, a, what, like, some tendonitis in her knee. Yeah, she's got, from, a, she's got a, a... Due to her play style. Yeah. Because um, she jumps a lot. She's a power player. Uh, and I thought that so, was a pretty cool, like, 
uh, aspect of the character, like a weakness like that. I really enjoyed that. But the the it whole time, matter. the whole time I was t- I, I was watching it, and they were talking about because like this this tournament goes on a long time. It's pretty much half the show, um, yeah. and it's like you know one sec to step back from it. Like the animation for the most part uh, in the the um, badminton tournaments is yeah. outstanding pretty good yeah, yeah. like at, at points outstanding at worst mediocre like but in most points it's really really good and uh, but like the whole time aragaki's doing these things and we know she's got this bad knee i keep thinking to myself wear a knee brace like they have yeah. something for that it's called the knee brace of painkillers and when they finally give her a knee brace it is the flimsiest piece of shit knee brace i've ever seen yeah uh just a piece of cloth. Yeah, essentially. I mean, granted, like that up. maybe because she needed, still needed like ease of movement. It's not the biggest knee brace in the world, but it doesn't have to be. Just something bigger than just a sock on her leg. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. But the the tournament but, like had like mini stories in it, right? Like for sure. Every episode. Yeah. Um. um there's a uh, uh, Ishizawa. Nozomi, who's a like third year in her final tournament. Um, oh, the one who, with the uh, worst coach. Yeah, the worst coach. Oh, okay, no, I take that back. He's, he's who turned he's, things around. He's the second worst coach. Yeah, because the, um, the they're the 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 main coach is the worst coach because he doesn't do anything. I I don't know. At least he's not an asshole. Yeah, but but at least the other guy, like I mean, yeah, he was an asshole, but he had a plan and helped his player. Whereas the other one doesn't do anything. He's coaching sure. name only. Yeah. Yeah. What do you get paid for? I want <laughs> your job. Pretty. I want your yeah, job so right. much. Um, but yeah, the she plays, I think, both uh, Rico and then uh, Aragaki. Um, and they've got, yeah, kind of an interesting little arc there. See, I, uh, for those characters, yeah, Rico was interesting for me. I liked, I liked Rico because she was trying her best, but she was one of those characters that you, she was never going to be the best. But yeah. all she could do was try. And the, like, we briefly get the male characters as well, and I love like the one episode we got of them. I'm like, these are really interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, why can't we have more of them? <laughs> Poor guy, friend zoned himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um. And then I'm trying to think if there were any other interesting ones. I mean, um, uh, Kadokani pretty much disappears yeah. after the training camp. Well, she also has like a, a 180. Like like when she does reappear, it's it's not to play. Um, nope. She reappears like in the audience. I think maybe she does. We do see like. Well, I think the, the last we see of her is when she goes to the uh, octopus place with uh, Ayano and Elena and uh, Yuika. And because she wants Ayana to join her and uh, their mom in, which is just like Denmark. I know. But it's like where was all of her vitriol from before? Yeah, <laughs> where? Yeah, where did your asshole go? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. out of context. Really funny things to say yeah. to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, complete sidetrack. Uh-huh. But yeah, she 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 completely does a 180. Uh, we see Kadoko in the the tournament, and she loses. She has a really like kind of sad like for her arc, but at the same time, like what when she loses and it's and she's really sad, and like all of her teammates are sad for her. I wasn't like I was like no. uh, I mean bummer 
whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I couldn't be sad for she her. She deserved it. Because yeah. she was an asshole till the end. The only thing yeah. that that like the only reason that like she was bummed or that everybody around her was bummed is that she started being nicer to her teammates, but that's it. Not to her opponent, yeah. not to anything else. She was still all about herself. So there's very little redeeming about her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's most uh, of the characters. Yeah, I don't think I liked a single character. I, I did like, I will say, like I said, I like the male, like, I don't like a lot of the main characters. I like the male characters quite a bit. Um, I like Nozomi, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, but again, she's, these are like one episode, one episode main characters. The rest of the time, they're just yeah. off to the side. Um, but yeah, other than that, I like, I mean, I like, okay. After, towards the end, I liked Adagaki because I was rooting for her to whoop Ayano's ass. For her, yeah. Okay. Uh, Fair. Um, and I liked the way towards the end that, uh, like, because she showed the most progression because towards the end, like, we, you know, we'd had her in the beginning. If Ayano had been talking to her like that, she would have lost her damn mind. But yeah. towards the end, she just let it roll off her shoulders and, like, I'm going to beat you in the game. And I was like, that's awesome. I like I like when sports characters aren't all like, you know, boisterous and you know loud and and yelling at each other about how they're going to be the very best. Um, yeah. Whereas she's just like, I'm going to let my play speak for itself. Um. So I did. Kind, so, I did kind of like her by the end, but yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. It also she's helped fine, that I she's guess. a she didn't do much for me. It also helped that she's a tomboy with a with a a decent sized. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Rack. There you yeah. go. Um, um, the worst part of this show for me was that damn mom. Yes. Oh, let's get into that shit. <laughs> um, she yeah shows up kind of like towards the like I guess the final like four five episodes or whatever. Um, and yeah, the home life seems very awkward <laughs> mm. uh, for the most part. Uh, she keeps trying to act like nothing happened at all i feel so bad for the uh, grandparents i know it's just they're, like they're little the, old people the true victims i know here. just like can we please not live in our own house anymore where we have to deal with our yeah. daughter and our granddaughter being bitches to each other <laughs> um and then at the tournament elena pulls her outside and asks her what the hell she's doing and her reason for abandoning uh i know I don't know. It's just the worst. Um, I abandoned her so that she wouldn't rely on me for badminton and would get better at badminton. You are the worst. The only worst reason is I abandoned her because of my meth addiction. Yeah. And even then, at least I I understand that meth is addictive. Badminton's (laughs) not a drug. (laughs) What? You abandoned her so she could get better at a sport. You are the worst human being. She gave up the sport because you left. Uh, I, she gave it up. Uh, like she was dragged back in by Erina. Who I felt bad. I felt bad for Erina because for her because yeah. she was like, "Oh, I made a huge mistake. I yeah. brought this like mentally scarred girl back into the sport that like mentally scarred her." Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that mom, yeah. that mom ranks and up it, there with the you're all, you're lying April mom as far as like worst moms. Uh, <laughs> I, I well, uh, I, she doesn't. Worse. Yeah, she, she at least she doesn't beat her beat her kid. Yeah. Uh, but um, oh, what was I gonna say? I and then I know. Okay, 
So Ayano doesn't stay an asshole to the very end, but the way she turns around is so stupid. It is literally not kidding. Like she, uh, because Aragaki and Ayano are both from the same school, they split up the the their teammates because you know each side has for whatever reason has to have a uh, a support yeah. person on the side. Yeah, and it's like a boxer has to have a yeah a, someone like a, in the corner, a doctor in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, and and Ayano's got um, got two of the girls in her corner, and she's being a complete like asshole to both of them. Like, I know you're just doing this because you have to. Uh, I know you're really hoping Adagaki will win. It is just one one gambate, like someone like one of the girls shouts gambate, and she's fixed. Everything yep. up until then just flies away, and she's she's a, a good person again. And I'm like, fuck you, show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, all the the previous abuse by her was washed away. Nothing mattered, you know. <sighs> what, were, what were the stakes? Nothing. That was that was the other thing. Nothing mattered. It, they were it, both going to worlds or whatever. No, I think I think nationals. At that point, it was just one, right? It was just Adagaki. No, they both. Were. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. well, for Adagaki, there were sticks. For Adagaki, it was her pride, and you know, getting uh, the the fact that she could tell herself that um, her hard work had paid off. That you know, it wasn't just like I know it wasn't just like some super talent, and you know, uh, what do you call it? Like they say, hard work can beat talent. Like that kind of uh-huh. thing. Like that was the stakes for her. That's why I clung to that character because she was the last bit of stakes I had in the show. Whereas I know it's like I don't I don't understand why you're even still here. Why didn't you quit as soon as your mom came and you were just being an asshole to everybody? Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. This show it was so good looking. Such a good premise. I was so on board early on. Uh, like way more so than Ongokushu. Way. Way, way more so. I was so just hanging on every episode and then crap. Yeah. What did you think of the <sighs> black and white heavy breathing okay, sequence okay. in the final episode? Not going to lie. I actually kind of dug it. Um, I thought it was the stupidest shit. Only because it was like, it was a really cool like artistic standpoint. Like just like, because, you know, when you're in that moment, when you're uh-huh. in like a sporting event, especially when it like the stakes are that high. And your focus, it's kind of like being in the zone. You can only see that person. And that's kind of what I was getting for that was that like they were so in the zone that they literally couldn't hear anything but the sound of their own breathing and, and the game. I yeah. think it went on a bit too long. Yeah, like two minutes too long. They, they really could have cut that out a little bit. Or if they were going to keep doing that, keep the sound and stuff like that. But while they're playing as well, because a lot of it was just them breathing when nothing was happening. And I'm like. Okay, this is really cool. It had to be like the most awkward recording session. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> breathe hard into this microphone. I swear I'm not creepy. For like five or six minutes. Let's just get some heavy breathing in. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really think um, I really think they could have spiced that up with a with a bit more play. I think it could have looked really good. But yeah. but again, towards towards the end too, like um I know ages quite a bit in those last couple yeah, episodes. Gonna, that was my next point is the character designs just take a wild turn. Her face gets a little longer Ayana. and it's like, what happened to you? It's like she hulks out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, she turns into her mom for the uh, she, the final match. She ages by like 10 years and like now yeah. she's a full-grown adult despite being like what? Like a first year in high school. Yeah, her hair is like twice as long. <laughs> um it was very weird. Yeah, I and off-putting. It was. But at that point I just didn't care anymore. I would I, maybe she only thing I cared about like was a Saiyan or something and she started uh going, you know, super saiyan or something. <laughs> hair started growing. That would have been better yeah. if her hair turned blonde. <laughs> turned blonde and they, they were like yeah. they were like like smashing like kamehamehas into each other. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, I didn't like the show. I I really liked the beginning and then the more I watched and the less people changed and like the fact that every like con- like bad guy character, so to speak, was exactly the same, except again, except for Nozomi, who was great. Why can't we have a whole show of Nozomi? Yeah, for reals, I would love to get more of her. I liked her character design too. Yeah. It was very very interesting. Her and Yuika, I wanted more Yuika, the uh, like the leader of Connie's team. Oh yeah, yeah, she was she was good looking too. Um. <sighs> yeah they're just trying to know. trying to score this show because it looks amazing and there are parts of it that it's like wow and then you're just like but the story though that story though yeah uh it could have been um, so much better it really could have it could have been way better it could have been it could have been great yeah but it was just such a huge disappointment for me i'm gonna give it a one and a half because it did have some good uh, badminton, yeah, uh, animation. Yeah, one point five is, is is where I'd I'd go with that because it it held me for a lot longer than Ongaku Shoujo did, and the fact that I I I finished it was just uh, like because I could have dropped it, but <laughs> well, um, this is turning into the disappointment season. <laughs> I think that's four shows in a row where we've uh, uttered the words "I'm disappointed." <laughs> Uh, because we expected much more out of it. Um, we could talk about that later, but the side effect potentially of coming off a couple of really good seasons, maybe. Um, I don't know. This is this is more it's back down to earth, I guess, as far as some of the, you know, there being the good and the bad. But uh, the next show is another show that I would say is a disappointment, maybe. Um, I always seem to be disappointed when it comes to the horror genre. Why anime can you not get the horror genre? (laughs) Well, I always get excited when I see a horror show um, to be drafted and I've drafted several of them, some of them less bad than others, but uh, angels of death was one that I think I was really excited for because of the glee and the squeals of excitement um, for when this was announced at Sakura con that, uh, couple years back now or a year oh, and a half when or the, so ago. the manga yeah yeah um when they announced the manga for angels of death there was i do believe some females in the audience who squealed with excitement <laughs> i now know why uh with this show it, it had a um we'll get into that anyway angels of death uh basically we were introduced to rachel gardner a blonde blue-eyed uh lolly girl who wakes up in a chair or something. Um, Going back to the first episode, I don't really remember where she woke up, but she woke up in a room, not sure what's going on, what to do, and turns out she's in this building. 
and uh, she meets up relatively quickly with a doctor who wants to kill her and cut her eyes out or something. And um, she, at that point in time, was kind of afraid for her life, right? I mean, she's, you know, a girl. She wakes up in this weird building and this guy wants to kill her and she's terrified and she runs away and screams and she gets away from the doctor uh, and ends up then in this other room uh, with a scary guy with tape on his face and a scythe in his hands. Um, And he chases her and tries to kill her as well. Uh, This is the introduction of our second main character, um, Isaac or Zach, uh, who is the love interest of Rachel throughout this show, if you could call it a love interest. Um, Thus begins this kind of like Twilight-esque love relationship between two characters where um, their bond is Rachel wants him to kill her. And he essentially says, I'll kill you after you help me get out of this building. Those were the bonds that this relationship was built on. Very romantic. Um, Yes. Uh, Basically the rest of the show, Rachel is a soulless doll character who says nothing, but please kill me. And he says, I'll kill you later. And that's basically uh, the dialogue between the two characters. Um, Thus starts this story or lack thereof that is clearly based off of a, um, uh, a, a, some type of an escape game, I guess. Uh, I didn't look too much into the, the source material for this, but it was very clearly some type of an escape game where you could really see the way the game probably progressed, where you have to go through these different floors to escape the building. Each floor has a different weirdo psycho killer who wants to kill you and you are tasked with solving puzzles and trying to escape the room. Um, as Rachel, who I guess, I guess in the fact that it's a game, you probably played the game as Rachel maybe. And that would explain why maybe she had absolutely no personality whatsoever. Um, each floor, the psychos on the floor were somehow weirdly obsessed with Rachel and wanting to kill her. Uh, not much really going there. Um, there's a weird (laughs) guy with like a kind of a, I don't know, like a peanut on his head with holes in it. Um, and he wanted to bury her. That was his thing. And then another girl with kind of a pink blonde hair that had all kind of weird guns in the room and they were shooting down and wanted to kill her. And all throughout this, Isaac and Rachel are together and uh, getting through the puzzles. Um, I'll be honest, that's the show. <laughs> Perfect. There's not too much else to say. to say. I mean, they they get through rooms. There's not really much dialogue i guess i i think back to the girl squealing and my understanding of the you know or or, uh, the chemistry between rachel and isaac or zach um was very reminiscent between the chemistry between edward and bella from twilight this weird kind of abusive thing going (laughs) (laughs) um where Isaac's like, yeah, I'll kill you later. And she's like, please kill me now. And I, there's never really an explanation as to why. I guess she just loses the will to live. And you just can point out the masochists in the room by which one squeals. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. This bad boy thing. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, sorry for the women out there um, who got something out of this relationship. I didn't. I would love to hear kind of the argument for why this was a, you know, a good. And maybe in the game or maybe in whatever other source material there was for the show, um, it was portrayed well. Uh, in the anime, I feel it was definitely not. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't 
really feel like there's ever, I guess there's OVAs after this. I will not be watching them um, where maybe it will explain or show them getting out because they never actually get out. There's kind of some weird um, explanation as to what Rachel's backstory was right toward the end, which I didn't care about at that point. Maybe I would have if I had learned the first episode when I actually thought she seemed like a real human. Um, but uh, Angels of Death was actually quite painful to watch was it like (laughs) like, animation wise did it ever dip like was that at least decent there um it was it was relatively bad all the way through i'd say I, i i would say it it maybe did dip a bit it got worse um there's just weird things too where like uh i there was like a few episodes where zach was literally gushing blood out of his like out of his stomach area for literally episodes. We're talking when he's walking, there's blood like gushing out of him. And this whole storyline where she's trying to get medicine to save him medicine, I guess medicine will save blood like gushing from your abdomen. (laughs) Um, Video game logic. Yes. And, and somehow he didn't die throughout all of that spoilers. Uh, He somehow was able to survive the gushing blood for, for what seemed like hours upon hours. Uh, in literally trails of it's rivers of blood following him everywhere he went. Um, oh God, the show was bad. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and I see people who are pretty high on it online too. And it, it just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if we watched the same show, but I, I will say the music in the show is pretty good. Uh, I liked the ending in particular. I thought it was actually really, really, I had like this nice creepy vibe to it. That was probably my favorite thing about the whole show. Um, but otherwise I, that, that's the only good thing I can say about angels of death. Um, it was a tragedy, honestly. Um, any questions? <laughs> what do you give it? Uh, a one. A one. Mm-hmm. I think that's being generous. <laughs> I, uh, uh, what do you call it? It was amusing to me because, you know, I, I do see online, you know, there are the people, um, and I'm not one of these types of people, but there are the people who like to watch something that's bad because um, uh, they get a kick out of it or whatever. But a lot of the people that were, were doing that, I saw more and more were dropping off <laughs> and like, no, this is so bad. I, I don't even care anymore. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like people no, made yeah. it all the way through King's game and that was a fucking debacle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there, there was, I, I mean, in, in like, there were even things that were even with everything I said, you still had like the voice acting in the show. Um, the laugh, Zach's laugh made me want to throw something at my TV. Like I, it was, it was so <laughs> grating, like obnoxious, this, <laughs> like the, the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, it was, it was painful to watch. It really was. This is probably, um, ranks up there with clockwork planet as far as <laughs> yeah, the we, show that we really need to like, every time you, you draft, we just need to find some like source material and be like, all right, this is a good one, Jeff. <laughs> watch this. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I had other shows that I liked this season, so I, I don't feel like there was, <laughs> there <you go. laughs> this was, um. This was definitely the low point for me this season, and uh, it, it, it's disappointing again because I, I feel like there were there was a lot of uh, excitement going in for the show. Um, it was high on the popularity as far as uh, even in, in like Crunchyroll, and I know Logan and I have kind of talked about how that Crunchyroll popularity thing is dubious, but um, uh, it, clearly there was a lot of hype for this show, and I don't. I hope it's not because people actually liked the show. I hope the source material was good because the show was dreadful. 
<laughs> I heard the game was, was um, pretty good. Yeah. Maybe, uh, as an escape game, I mean, those kind of like escape type visual novel style puzzle games. Uh-huh. Um, the, the fact that the main character was worthless wouldn't have mattered so much in that. Mm. <laughs> I, I still don't see the love interest between her and the psycho serial killer who got a backstory as well and didn't make any make me like him or care for him anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll, you'll get a horror that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I, I think Another ranks as one of the best horror anime I've seen, and that is even not a great show in my opinion. So please, anime, make a good horror. Uh, okay. So the next show. Have you seen Ghost Stories? <laughs> <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> Only the dub, though. <laughs> Only the dub. Okay. The scariest thing of all is watching the sub. <laughs> Exactly. So, are we going to leave this this hate train that we've been on? We, we, yes. We've just rounded off a two point five, two point five, one, one point five, one. For anyone who says that we're the positivity podcast, <laughs> what? Well, this, is, this, is, this is definitely podcast. the this is definitely the worst we've had it. Um, so, I mean, they wouldn't be wrong, and and I wouldn't be sad about being the positivity podcast. <laughs> I, no. I I like I like you know uh, liking things so. Indeed. I don't mind calling stuff out when it's bad, though, um, or at least when right. I think it's bad yeah. subjectivity. I mean, we we do this podcast because we genuinely enjoy watching anime, so yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Um, okay, so the next show, uh, nobody drafted, but it was another one of the just pure comedies that I watched this season, and it was Asobi Asobase. Uh, it's, a, uh, believe, 12 episodes. Yeah, 12 episodes, uh, manga, or manga. Take two, 12 episode anime by uh, Studio Lurch um, and or Lurche or however you say that. And yeah, it follows um, three girls who uh, decide to start up a club, uh, specifically the pastimers club. uh, They just get they just play games Uh pretty much all day. Um, And it's founded by uh, Hanako. Honda, who is uh, something of a rich girl um, who just kind of wanted to play games. She's, you know, interested in boys, but I don't know, like, I forget what the the uh, the, the crux of her wanting to make the, the Pastimers Club was. I think maybe she thought that uh, she can get out and go, because they are at an all-girls school. So maybe she thought she can get out and go to the all-boys school, which is apparently right across the street. Um, there's Olivia who doesn't have a last name who is, um, she is, um, the daughter of two white parents. However, she's lived in Japan her whole life and she kind of gets off on talking like a foreigner so that people kind of, you know, go easy on her or kind of like, you know, um, think more kindly of her, I guess. Uh, but she's, she doesn't speak a lick of English. Um, and then there's uh, Kasumi, uh, who is kind of this timid uh, girl who who joins because she thinks that uh, she's terrible at English. She thinks that if she joins, Olivia will help her with her English homework. And Olivia, again, terrible at English. Um, also, Kasumi has like doesn't really like playing these types of games because her sister used to play with her when they when they were kids her older sister and her older sister would always win and 
would always make her do increasingly more annoying stuff like you know go to the store and buy me some ice cream or something like that um so she equates it to be like playing these games to like slavery essentially oh, wow. uh not not okay. really like she doesn't say that like outright but like that's kind of where i figured her headspace was um uh-huh. and episode to episode it's just the girls kind of getting into these little situations where they're playing these games and um like weird stuff happens i mean um hanako usually is the character like i said she's rich so um she has a butler and her butler is super weird but she like her thing is she like overreacts to the other girl stuff like um kasumi has bigger breasts than she does so she's uh-huh. very nonchalantly like uh you know comments or i guess sarcastically comments on how it must be nice or oh how sad it is to for you know your chest to be so heavy or for you not to be able to buy you know different kinds of bras or whatever uh <laughs> olivia again she she plays up the the uh i only speak you know terrible japanese thing for a little bit but like once she gets to know Hanako and Kasumi um she's kind of a weirdo (laughs) like I mean they're all weird but like she's one of the weirder she like she likes these weird games like uh she gets this mobile game at one point that um uh is like these little cutesy characters and so like they're all playing on their their phones and Hanako and Kasumi are like oh this is a really cute game but it's like really cute characters that like kill each other CSGO style so it's like the other girls are super traumatized because it's a super violent game and like they went into it thinking like, oh, this is really cute. Um, also, Olivia has a brother who... <laughs> so at first I thought she had two American parents and I think, she, I'm pretty sure they do explicitly say that, but her brother looks Japanese and she looks like a very, he looks like a very stereotypical Japanese otaku and speaks like a very stereotypical Japanese otaku. I'm talking like really, really, really heavy set um, with the like the weird like glasses and the bandana, always with the backpack with uh, with pin badges and and you know straps hanging off of it, like all kinds of them and um, uh, and posters poking out of the top. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I, I think <laughs> at one point he does have that, but not always. Uh, but yeah, like, like uh, Olivia invites him to to their their thing, and and like the you know the other two are like, oh, because yeah, you know Olivia's blonde hair, blue eyed, and like, oh, her brother must be gorgeous, and you know this amazing Western looking guy, and no, it's just like a typical Japanese otaku guy. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of the show is uh uh like subverting your expectations like you expect it to be one thing and then it's completely ridiculous and silly afterwards um at what at some point i I, it doesn't get like for me it doesn't get old it's like it just becomes less surprising and you just kind of start in if you like this kind of thing you just start enjoying it for for what it is but you already are kind of expecting that uh ridiculous thing to happen for example uh towards the beginning when we meet Maeda, who is uh, Hanako's uh, butler, Hanako reveals to the girls, like when they say, hey, do you want to play Shogi? She's like, why would I want to shoot butt lasers? And the other <laughs> girls are like, what? And it turns out 
that when Hanako was a little girl, she asked Maeda, how do you play Shogi? And he said, it's when you fire lasers out of your ass. And she's like, show me, show me. And he bent over and shot a laser through the wall out of his ass. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So at that point, yeah, like it's really funny, but like that it's that kind of subversion of expectation that they keep doing. And like it's like at that point, it becomes hit or miss or like they decide to play. They decide they want like it's it's hot. It's like summer months. Uh, They decide they're going to play in the pool or so they bring in this little kiddie pool uh, to the classroom, they fill it up with water, and they're they're lying in it. And at one point, the water spills over, goes under the crack in the door, and goes out to the hallway. And a teacher comes by, and they don't want him to see the pool and, you know, the fact that they did all this. Uh, and he says, uh, what is this that's coming through the floor? And their excuse is that one of the girls peed herself, and she's ashamed, and they don't want her to come in. But rather than taking their word for it and leaving, or at best i mean i guess at worst i should say mike the worst i could imagine him doing smelling it he dips his fingers in it licks it and says that's not pee disappointing yeah it's just that kind of crazy off the wall humor is 90 percent of the show oh, like i'd say probably 100 percent of the show really um like eventually like they you you there are definitely more characters uh we get uh the president of the um of the i can't remember occult occult club uh who's an interesting character is in a lot of the games they play with her are like creepy and they creep them out um the student council president uh is a pretty funny character because she's always like constantly having to deny um the pastimers club because they're always asking for increasingly more ridiculous shit and it's funny because later on we find out that she actually really really wants to go visit the uh the boys in the boys uh school across the street like she you don't really get this vibe from her until like a later episode but she really wants a boyfriend uh but like she keeps getting subverted by different things like her vice president is like a gyaru type who always leaves her with all the work to go visit with the boys um and apparently she's dating all of the members of the boys student council (laughs) What? yeah the, the gyaru like it's funny like they 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 don't show it but they're like they they say that she she dates all the boys of the male student council in the boys school and uh and this like they say something like it caused a bloodbath like the school had never seen and they're like but that's a date a, a story for a later time I'm like oh that'd be pretty cool to see anyway um who else uh yeah the the teacher uh like i said the one who dips his hand in the water uh they have a female teacher who has to act as their advisor and she's kind of like their i don't know i don't want to say punching bag but like they they get her because she's weak-willed and they just kind of force her into it uh, there's also a this one character who throughout the show i'm 90 percent certain it's a man but like looks like a girl talks like a girl but like they keep trying to figure out if it's a girl uh but you know, they, like they're again subverted uh, every time by this uh, girl. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's really funny. I will say that the one thing that I did get sick of is 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 towards the end. I felt like they were cutting corners. Like Hanako's reactions to stuff started getting longer and longer, and I'm like, all right, I get it. You're really pissed off right now. Chill. <laughs> Um, but 
and I feel like that wasn't enough about Kasumi. I really liked Kasumi. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was funny. I will say I liked Chio School Road more. Um, I liked the characters quite a bit more in that one. Uh, there were times that these characters, I mean, granted, and this is the kind of show that it is, they come off as scummy because they are scummy with the exception of Kasumi. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's that's the kind of show it is. And, and it, it works fine. I think it's... it's uh, it's funny, I'm not sure if I would be chomping at the bit for another season, but I wouldn't turn another season down. So, with all that said, and I'm sure I'm missing something, uh, but there's a lot to cover. I think, I, I think I'd give this a 3.5. It was, it was really, really funny. We are out of the twos. Yeah. Well, yeah. For me, this was between three and three point five, and and I think it deserves a three point yeah. five. But yeah, yeah. This we're out of the uh, out of the water that way, so to speak. Okay. So yeah, the next show is one that I actually drafted. As a matter of fact, it was my um, my number one show of uh, the last draft, and. Uh, this is How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, which is a uh, pretty etchy fantasy. Um, it's another 12-episode uh, studio. Ajaido? Huh. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it follows uh, the life of... Um, <laughs> his name in game is Diablo. I don't remember if they give his name outside of the game but essentially he is brought into this game that he plays he's it's kind of like it's kind of like overlord this guy is known as the demon lord because he's he's pretty much spent all of his time on the game he's a hikikomori the shut-in type guy who just plays this game and he's known as the demon lord because he like every time he sees like people having fun excuse me together in the game he like PKs them because he's like, you know, <laughs> screw human interaction. And, but, but it, you know, he's played so much that he's so high power that nobody can can mess with him. Uh, well, uh, one day, um, Rem and Chera, Rem being a like cat girl type person and Chera is a, a like an elf. Um, they perform, they both perform a summoning ritual at the same time. And each one is convinced that they summoned him because they summoned him to uh, the other world, but he is in his avatar form, like, and we're talking like a really tall, really buff, like mage slash. Well, no, he's mostly just a mage guy with like demon horns. And um, when they try to perform the enslavement ritual on their new summon, uh, his ring activates, and his ring has reflect magic, so it reflects the enslavement spell onto them. So, so now <laughs> they're stuck with it, and he's like. Um, he comes in and, you know, there's the, the standard kind of isekai surprise, which, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised if you were sucked into another world as well. Um, and the story kind of goes into Diablo being like, all right, well, I don't want you a slave, so I need to figure out how to undo slave magic in this world now. And him trying to kind of uh, figure out how all of his powers work. He, he gets the hang of it pretty quickly. Uh, because it's it's pretty much just like playing the game for him, I guess. 
Um, just he has to say stuff out loud now, which I don't know. Do you guys do you guys shout your spells when you play League of Legends? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have okay. we ever played League of Legends together? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he he wants to to undo the enslavement spell, and that's the, like his original motivation. And then he starts to get to know the characters. Um, Shara, for her part. Uh, left she is actually like the princess of the elven kingdom but she left because she wanted to be an adventurer she's got like this dream of being a, a cafe owner um so she wants to be an adventurer save up money and and do that uh and rem oh and well her family is not none too keen on her being out of the elven kingdom so uh, there's a bit of a backstory with that and, and we get a little arc of hers which is um I would say disturbing, but like the character that comes after her is disturbing. He's a pretty creepy guy. Um, Rem is uh, part of a lineage of people who has another demon lord locked inside of her. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce the other demon lord's name. It was it's like Gleb's Clem or something like that. Um, but like it's this ancient demon lord who like wrecks society and like everybody still remembers as this really really bad presence so like you know everyone's still afraid of it but her family is the the family that has that demon sealed in them and you know she's the next in line so diablo has to help shara out with her family and rem out with her demon problem through like that's the the main crux of the show um diablo like uh, like another thing that kind of like one thing that kind of makes him interesting is that he, um, being a hikikomori, like you imagine, he doesn't have great social skills, so he falls back to his in-game persona of being a quote-unquote demon lord. So he's you know real boisterous and and shouts a lot, but like internally he's like, God, why did I say that? That's so stupid. Like, why would anybody be this loud and annoying and annoying and obnoxious? <laughs> but it's it's the only way he knows how to interact with people, of uh, being you know. Uh, a gamer primarily so i thought that was really a really cool way to kind of bring that out like he doesn't the way, reason he doesn't react like a, a nerd would is because he can only react the way he knows uh his character would um uh throughout the show i mean it, pretty much every show is like there's like or every episode there's like a like a drama element and like Diablo wins. There's a lot of carryover episodes where, like, the drama continues into the next episode. Where I, I was actually kind of happy with because they're like little mini arcs, and which you know, not something I expected in Edgy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, within everyone, there is at there's quite a bit of of Edgy, and I, <laughs> it's not really penetration but there is kind of penetration <laughs> nice. yeah so so there is there is quite a bit of of sexual innuendo like way more than you might be expecting like even the like when he's trying to learn the magic to undo the enslavement spell is a huge like all of that is a huge sexual reference um <laughs> And and a lot of a lot of there's a lot of great lines that can be screenshot and taken out of context. Uh-huh. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of really fun characters in this show. Like side characters are really fun. Uh, there's this one character who is um, his name's Emil, and and okay, so 
real quick, uh, throughout this, the story, Diablo can sense, like people, people, especially powerful people, talk about themselves in terms of, of what level they are. So it's like, oh, I'm a level blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, he's so powerful. Whereas Diablo's like, <laughs> big fucking deal in the game. I'm like level 100 something. Like, and that's why he owns, you know, everybody. And everyone's like, what? You know, this was the most powerful guy in town, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I'm the most powerful guy in the game. Um, but Emil is like a really powerful, like, paladin type uh, who, who uh, his big thing is like, he always protects women. <laughs> And he like he wears just a straight up suit of gold armor, and like eventually he's like you know fights Diablo because like you know he he thinks he's enslaved Ram and Shara on purpose and stuff like that. But eventually he actually becomes like this really cool like friend comic relief character for Diablo, who because he's <laughs> just like he's so obnoxiously like uh, white knighty. Um, and like he does do some you know really good things. He you know he really does help you know women like the women in in the show it like when they're in need. But usually just by getting his ass handed to him. Um, but I really like that character. I don't know why. I just I thought he was really funny and just a, like I I kept waiting for the shoe to drop that he was like a bad guy the whole time. But he was no he was just he was just a really a really nice guy. Um, there was. <laughs> There was a betrayal side plot in the show, and it's so obvious, so so <laughs> like so telegraphed, like you could see that crap a mile away. <sighs> but when, and when it happens, I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> towards the end, they introduce these these um, plot elements, uh, like Cher is able to do this one thing where she can see through the eyes of birds, uh, and then. A character gets kidnapped and they don't use that that power to find her. Instead, Diablo goes running through the town, even though he has magic. <laughs> yeah, like I I was talking about this with Andrew Fotaka Spirit and he kind of laughed at me for, for complaining about plot holes in an etchy. <laughs> but I just I don't know why I can't not dislike that. Like I'm like no. Why? Story's important. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like in an etchy, it's, it's it shouldn't be. Or, or, normally, it wouldn't be my main focus. But when you're trying to do story with the etchy, and I've been invested uh -huh. thus far, yeah, like like you said, story's important. Um, yeah, but it was still like even with those like like minor little uh, annoyances, there was still quite a bit for me to like in the show. Just a lot. Again, the innuendos were hilarious. I'd laugh so hard. But that's because I'm a pervert. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, and the action was was kind of fun. Um, I mean, pretty much everything ended with Diablo winning. But and I guess spoilers. But uh, like even like when they, yeah, I guess spoilers, spoilers again. But they eventually get the Demon Lord out of Rem, and it's a lolly. And of course, she's down with you know hanging around Diablo because he's cool and and uh -huh. feeds her biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> that that's wow. that's okay. all you need to 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 entice a demon lord is biscuits. I think when they say biscuits, they mean cookies, like you know the way the British say. I mean, honestly, that's all you need for me. <laughs> so. So, so, like, and, and like the the big climactic um, uh, problem of the show is is that uh, uh, they the the the, the uh, how do you say this? The religious like order of knights is full of a bunch of bastards, um, 
And the, <laughs> the biggest bastard of them all is like this guy who legit thinks he's God um, because he's got like this great power and he's got this like weird eugenics way of looking at things. He's like, well, I'm powerful. So God must have blessed me with power. Therefore, I must be God. Great logic, by the way. Um, and he is also, I, I, I will say I kind of like these kind of characters, the ones who are so evil that they think they're good because they're they're kind of compelling um villains but he was a little overboard with the torture uh he tortures and almost kills rem and that causes the the demon lord uh lolly to transform into like a kaiju demon lord uh that um uh diablo subdues fairly quickly Eh. there's a little bit of of what do you call it um drama to that but it's 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 over pretty quick and she's yeah. back to eating biscuits fairly quickly perfect <laughs> i mean i would i just i want to watch that show just eat food <laughs> and be cute uh hopefully you know what if if this show gets another season which i'm really hoping it does because they're i mean they're still quite a bit like uh we haven't seen a whole lot of rem's family Shara's family is still i mean there's there's a bit with Shara's brother uh again He's a creeper and he's into Shara and uh, there's some uncomfortable scenes with, with him, but um, uh, he gets his. Um, I would want more because there's a lot that uh, kind of they can go into. I mean, it's light novels, so there's got to be more to it. But if they get to the end, I want them to I would want them to make a, a, a slice of life. Uh, show where it's just Shara running her her dream cafe with with Diablo and Rem and all them. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, so this is the sequel to Restaurant to Another World, <laughs> or the the prequel. This rather. is this is the the what do you call it? The side story for um, today's menu for the Emya family, just with these characters. Interesting. Uh, so if I had to give it a score, like. It wasn't my favorite etchy of the season, and we'll get into the, my favorite etchy of the season next time. Sorry, guys. We're, we're saving that for, for the next podcast. <laughs> but um, it was still a lot of fun. And like I said, I really want another season of it. Uh, I was a tad disappointed about how the um, the revenge, or not revenge, I'm sorry, the betrayal side plot just wrapped up. It was really quick. And the the girl who was betrayed or I'm sorry, the girl who betrayed Diablo and 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 friends. Um, uh-huh. Her reason for betrayal is I grew up in a wealthy family and there were a bunch of fake people. That was it. There were a bunch of like all the politicians and and you know well-to-do people that that my parents hung out with were all fake and and corrupt. It's like that was her whole reason. And like it, it's not just that she betrayed them. She was really trying because the, the 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 demon lord that was inside rem the the big fear for uh, about her was that uh like she would kill all the living races and just leave the fallen who are apparently not living um i guess they're undead but um uh she wanted that to happen and she's human so she wanted this demon lord to kill all of the the other races to to wipe the world clean of its quote unquote ugliness because fake people and i was like oh that's such a like i i don't want to watch a character get abused or molested or something like that but at least something more compelling than people be fake yo 
It's <laughs> like that is the worst reason for betraying your friends and allies. Uh, but other than that, fun show, fun etchy, uh, a lot of good in there. Uh, I'd probably give this one a three point five. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. I definitely want to check that one out. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I recommend it, especially if they get another season. Yeah. Okay. Time for me to talk. <laughs> um, the next show on our list here uh, was a show that I drafted, another sports anime by the name of Harukana Receive, which is about beach volleyball. Yay. Yay. Um, we start off with a uh, pretty girl named Haruka Ozura. Um, arriving in Okinawa to uh, attend high school there. Um, and she's going to live with uh, her grandma, I think. Yeah, that's, that is yeah, grandma, yeah. It's, right? it's, um, I want to say, yeah, because they're cousins. So, yeah, that, that's both yeah, their grandmas. Okay. Um, and there she reconnects with uh, her cousin, um, Kanata Higa. And, on their way back, I think they are walking along the beach and they start playing volleyball. I think they, they, see, spe- they, they, they see spot people? like Narumi and Ayasa, uh, maybe. Oh, okay. Ayasa, yeah. Playing volleyball. Um, and uh, there seems to be some story behind uh, Kanata and Narumi. And uh, Haruka takes an interest in that and beach volleyball and they kind of uh start playing again and um i guess the the story between, uh, behind uh Kanata is that she really really loves beach volleyball but due to her height and her insecurities with her height she um was kind of getting trounced in every match that she did so she kind of stepped away from the game yeah she she because uh, she was no longer enjoying yeah it. she's she wants to be like a power player but but due to her height she she can't really you know get up there to to slam the ball down yeah um but uh haruka takes an interest in the sport and convinces uh kanata to kind of uh play with her and help her learn how to play and so they they pick it back up and they um Haruka talks Narumi and Ayasa into doing like a practice match with them on the beach uh, just for fun. Um, And Kanata realizes that, you know, maybe she can still have fun playing uh, volleyball if it's with someone like uh, Haruka, who she enjoys being around. Mm -hmm. Well, Haruka Um, also has this like, you know, Genki, like, Gambate type, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, she's very positive. Which, which, you know, really brings up Kanata's spirit, which is nice. Yeah. Um, then they start going to school, and they uh, are introduced to Emily and Claire um, Thomas, who are in the, I guess it's an association at this point, like the volleyball uh, association, because they don't have enough people to actually call it a club. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they decide to join that association and they start practicing volleyball, uh, with everyone. And then they 
do they just go straight into tournaments from there? Uh, well, I mean, a, a good portion of the early episodes are practice, um, which yeah, just kind I, of. I learned quite a bit about beach volleyball in that in those episodes. Um, yeah, pokies. yeah. Well, that and like the the way the the court is split, um, because you know uh-huh. you only have two people, so you have to cover certain amounts. And yeah, I mean, it was pretty interesting. But yeah, they they're they're teaching Haruka. Um, they're teaching Haruka beach volleyball because she's a complete noob and Kanata, like you said, pokies and, and how to be a, uh, a good player without being a, you know, a, a power player. Yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of, uh, them practicing, become, becoming a, a better pair and, uh, you know, taking part in small tournaments where I think, do they lose the first tournament well, thing? The first the, the first one that they they, they play against uh, Emily and Claire, right? And lose. I want to say uh, that's not a tournament. They just play as a, in like a match. And and then the yeah, first maybe. tournament they play, I think they do lose. Um yeah, I think they they win their first game and then we don't they, get the same They ultimately the lose. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And and Emily and yeah. Thomas or Emily Thomas. Emily and Claire, their last name is Thomas. Um they're twins uh like they're twins uh, yeah blonde twins they, um well endowed yeah I, I appreciated those characters uh they're uh they win that one they win the tournament um yeah. i i like the, the the way they did that the way they um i mean i would have liked to see the whole tournament but yeah just focus on like focus everything on one match i don't need to see the whole thing um yeah um and then from there i think that's when um akari oshiro kind of comes into the picture um and she has this plan to become popular at school because she uh was a childhood celebrity and uh kind of people think that you know she doesn't want to be around common folk because she's famous on this island um (laughs) island famous she decides yeah island famous (laughs) this stupid song from this dumb commercial that she does um so she tries to uh join the the club or the association um but finds out that you know she's not gonna be able to pair up with uh emily or claire because they only pair up with each other so her her plan gets shattered but um they still want her to join anyways because you know one, they need one more person for the club, and two, it does seem like she's interested in uh, volleyball, and they want to make sure that she's, you know, feels like she's involved and that they can call each other friends and stuff like that. Right. Uh, um. So that was a fun, cute little arc. Um, she does end up joining them, and then I think it's prep for the the final tournament that they. Uh, spend the last like five episodes on yeah and and initially they say that um the top two from this tournament will go to nationals but later on yes. they change that uh because yeah, of like I, some kind of issue like only one team can go i think it was like a a uh a numbers issue like there weren't enough uh teams throughout the country or something like that to uh support taking two from them so they were kind of cutting yeah so yeah i understood their reasoning i was just kind of bummed out yeah i was bummed for sure but it gave us kind of a a good um i guess reason for 
the uh, intenseness of the the final match, which ended up being between um, Haruka and, and Kanata and uh, Emily and Claire <laughs> as they were fighting for this spot in this national tournament. Yeah, so so the the, the rest of the show does follow that tournament where it was uh, they're they're fighting for that spot. Do you remember? Uh, the the pair they they went up against before they go up against Emily and Claire. Uh, wasn't that the the spin uh-huh. girl? I yeah. I was amused at that episode. Like it was intense, and you know, like I oh, we should say all the matches in this show they're a lot of fun and they're pretty intense and they're they're yeah. really fun to watch. That one amused me because every time we were looking at it, I was like, oh man, this is a really close match. And they cut to the scoreboard not- and they tra- they were trounced by Haruka. Yeah. They I was yeah. like, that is the funniest way to depict like this really intense matchup where Haruka and Kanata just took it to this this other pair. Yeah, um, yeah, I felt bad for, her, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and then you see, yeah, so we get to the the final match, and it's Emily Claire versus uh, Harukana, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty intense match. Couple episodes, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah, three I think mm. total um, to finish everything out, and uh, they uh, do a lot of like nice callbacks to like all the practice that they did throughout the uh, the season and um, all that good stuff. And uh, Haruka and Kanda triumphed in the mm-hmm. end, which was uh, I expected yeah. it. Yeah, um, just based on the kind of show that this was. And- uh, but and the name of the show, <laughs> yeah, hard to receive, yeah. Um, but I, I, I like that. You know, it wasn't necessarily all rainbows and butterflies at the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because there's always, you know, a disappointment that half of your squad isn't going to be continuing continuing on in this uh, tournament. But this is definitely a show that I would love to see more. I, of. I saw that coming, the 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 win. Yeah, but it's still funny to me because I'm like, all right, so the the brand new team got beat by the. I mean, granted, they were being trained by these people, but I mean, I have to imagine yeah. Claire and Emily are just like completely toned for beach volleyball, whereas Haruka yeah. is a complete noob. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was still fun nonetheless, and um, they made it like close enough as to be like mostly believable. I mean, it wasn't uh-huh. like like they were just completely dumping on Emily and Claire. Like it was a very close set. Um and right up at the end it was very exciting. Um yeah, I, I would absolutely love more of this show. Uh, yeah, for sure. I would love to get more of uh Narumi and Ayasa. Um because they you know appear every now and then because Narumi's really interested in how Kanata's doing because um, Narmi was Kanata's old pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we see them and, like uh, as kids. Yeah, and uh, she really w- wants to make sure that Kanata is enjoying herself because that's what makes Narmi happy. Is that Kanata is happy? Yeah, which I, I was pretty pretty low on Narmi coming into the season because she did. She seemed like kind of a jerk, but yeah, I was like by the end, I was like, all right, I really like this character. Yeah. I I really was happy that that we got a little bit more of her backstory rather than just her being angry. <laughs> yeah. I think she had my favorite character design. Too. She was really, I was yeah, really, she, really mm-hmm. into her. She's really good looking with the, the like um, yellowish eyes type of thing going on. Yeah. And very mm-hmm. tan. I dig it. Agreed. Um, agreed. 
Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, love to see a second season of this. I'd, love, I'd also love to see the like the manga. Show. I'm not not sure if it's if it's out anywhere yet, but I I might look into it because it's it is an, a, it is a manga adaptation. Um, yeah, yeah, more of that, please. Um, yeah, really good animation. Uh, I felt like, especially in the last few episodes, uh, there was some really good. Uh, volleyball play and we touched on it but excellent character design oh yes yeah it's yeah every character was distinct and colorful and fun and yeah i was a big big fan of um their character designs in the show Uh, one thing Uh, that i really grew to love about the show um i was kind of weirded out by uh at first was the cg sand so at first i was like what is that what's going on with that and once i figured it out and like I really enjoyed it because, like, so when you're playing beach volleyball, you know, you're going to fall down. Stuff's going to get sandy. The ball is going to get sandy. And a lot of times in, like, shows like this, because they can't really animate, like, singular cranes of sand, that'd be ridiculous and super annoying, um, like, falling off of people as they dust themselves off or they dust the ball or as they hit the ball or as they hit the sand. Um, they used kind of some CG for it. And it... After like it looks really good like when you when you look at it because mm-hmm. it's like it looks like sand falling off the ball like it's it's probably not better than if they had animated each individual grain of sand but nobody's going to do that nobody should expect that from animators yeah seriously that that would be way too so much. I I think it 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 really grew on me and I appreciated the the attention to to detail um that you know this happens in beach volleyball yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's all I really have to say about it. Go watch um, it if you haven't. Yeah, for sure. It, like, not saying that this is like the way to do a sports anime, but this is the far more enjoyable way <laughs> this, to do. A, this a is the way anime. to do a sports slice of life anime. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would give this a four out of five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed four or five. it. Nice. Okay. Last one, guys. Uh, last with a bang one. here. Yeah. Um, Carlos, you and I watched this we one. We sure did. I think a lot of the anime community is watching this one. It's got to be one of the most hyped, talked about shows uh, currently running. And uh, probably the the big shonen at the moment. My Hero Academia Season 3. Um we're just coming to a hiatus point, so it's a really good time for us to kind of talk about the show and where where it's left off and how it's progressed. And um, uh, I I don't think my opinion of the show has changed at all. If anything, I'm, I just continue to get more hyped about it, which is really saying something, considering that um, you know we're 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 well into it at this point. And I don't think it's really um, I don't think it's broke stride. No, no, for sure, it's it. There are, I mean, I will say there are parts of it, just like just like other seasons, there are parts of it I like more than others, but there's no part I can point to to be like, wow, that was complete garbage. You know, just like right. everything works for a reason. Um, yep. And I was, I like this season I was really blown away by, um, especially in the first core. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think it really, it jumps right off with a bang. That's one of the things that's just amazing about this show is, um, I, I feel like we're seeing a tremendous amount of character development for a lot of characters. Um, 
and of course the most so for your mains like All Might, um, Izuku, uh, a little bit even for Bakugo, which is really quite cool. Yeah, towards and, the and end I there. Think we can yeah. Get to him. Yeah, I, I think he's a character that I, I think this season was really good too. Um, and uh, it just the ability to keep the action going, you know, nonstop pretty much. My dog has decided, to, as I started talking, to start whining again. <laughs> um, she doesn't like me talking, apparently. She wants to leave uh, to go outside. Um, so, the fact that they've been able to inject so much character development throughout the show and still maintain such a sense of action, it ha- it's really great, in my opinion. Um, it's something I don't often see with Shonen. Right. So... We started out this season. I mean, we started out this season coming off of season two, and and season two we had um, the t- the tournament arc, which was just outstanding, uh, and then the um, uh, the stain arc, uh, mm-hmm. which which was um, people didn't like it as much. I really like stain as a villain. I thought he was really really compelling. But um, yeah, I thought it was cool. But uh, we started out this one. Uh, the the gang is all going to um, well the. The class is going to a, a like train in the mountains, um, yeah, and like I, a summer camp. Yeah, thing, I like guess. it's like a camp type thing. Yeah, and um, they are. Uh, I, I guess I, if I remember correctly, the the idea for this was to get them away from the school since the school had been attacked and since they'd been through so much with villains, they wanted them to get stronger because you know class one A has a history with this. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, because they're in the remote, you know, outdoors, they are attacked by villains. Yep. Um, yep. It's uh, one of, I don't know, it's one of the the uh, weirder justifications, but the uh, fight that comes with it and the, like, we slowly start to see, like, this league of villains that has been kind of in the shadows all this time. Like, we start to see them move more. I was really happy about that. Like, obviously, I don't want my favorite characters to get hurt or die. But, you know, I'd like there to be some conflict outside of tournaments and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, was there conflict? Um, The Oh, we start to see some really genuine, like, we're... we're we're really feeling like our characters are at risk, I think, at this point in the show. Um, Yeah. there There were points where I really was... I was worried that some of our main characters were going to die. Um, oh, and we, and, we do uh, like, like we, we don't get a death, but we do get something very serious happening to a side character. Not yeah. like, I, I don't think it's someone we would have ever seen again, but like an interesting enough character that shows up in this season and then something happens to anyway, yeah. but the, the fights. So the fight between, like in this arc, I'm saying the this is the I don't know what mm-hmm. we're calling it the camp arc. Oh, there's so many good fights this season. But, so yeah, no, we're, that's why fights. I'm keeping it to this arc. But the the fights, yeah. but especially the fight between De- Deku and Muscular was outstanding. Ugh. Just and we get this in like the like third episode or something, or the second or third episode. I mean, it's really early on. Yeah, he he really goes all out uh, on this guy uh. and. Um, man, it's like, I, like, if you had, uh, if, if I, I wish I had been taking notes when I watched season one and season two, uh, but if you had read my notes back then, it probably would have been like, like early on hate for Deku. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, MHA fans did not like him early. Sure. And then like slowly but surely respect. And then like season two, I started to like him. And but like that fight with Muscle, like this guy's awesome. I love Deku. Yeah, like yeah, and he's actually in a position where he is a hero too, because Muscular's like there's the the boy, and I forget the little boy's name, but um, Kota, the water boy, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he is like Deku's ready to lay his life on the line to save this kid, and the kid was a real prick to him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I think it's I think it's a really good moment for. I I understood his at least so like we we understood his backstory of why he was such a little prick. Mm -hmm. Like he had he had some real bad tragedy, which and and the fact that it was muscular that was you know the villain that was coming to take him the the same guy who you know who was the the cause of his trauma. Yeah, that was a cool part, like a cool arc, and um, so. I think this is also in, in this has just been an interesting development for Izuku as it's gone through is he, his perk, um, or it's perk. Is that what they call it in the show? I, yeah. His ability. I think so. yeah. Um, perk. There you go. Quirk, perk. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really a double-edged sword here. And he, he is trying to learn how to like use it because at this point he's just destroying his body every time well, he, he fights. He, he's getting one. better and better about it. Like at this, right. like at this point in the show, but like when he's attacked by muscular, muscular is so strong that he's like, I can't hold back anymore. I absolutely have to destroy my body to, to save this kid. Yep. Yep. Um, but I just, that was an amazing fight. It's just a really, really good then, fight. And, um, it, it just it leads into like this whole that whole arc like there were a lot of good fights in that one there was the the fight with the the, the kid who who could control gas which i loved that fight yep. um mm-hmm. there was a the creepy dude with like the tooth blades um I, I, yeah just so so many good fights in that one arc and then immediately they go to another arc like it, it yeah because uh Bakugou yeah gets, it's kidnapped yeah yep um so immediately they go to the league of like the league of villains and the all for one arc and man, was that a good arc? Uh, yeah. just so much happens in it. I mean, we get the most powerful hero and the most powerful villain in the world facing off against each other in this arc, which is just, you know, as awesome as you could probably imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just from, like Bakugo trying to break out uh, like his little his little thing I love that like like you think you think he's going to pull a Sasuke and he doesn't mm-hmm. like you know from Naruto but he's just like no yeah. screw you I'm going to be a hero and yeah I love that like I'm I'm still not a Bakugo fan I loved how much development he got this season but yeah I loved almost everything he did this season um I think I'm not so much a Bakugo fan, but I'm understanding why people would be a fan of yeah, Bakugo for sure. at this point because he's – I felt like he was a character that just kind of screamed and was petulant most of the time and he's actually – he's gotten – he's developed a personality and I'm kind of understanding where he's coming from a little more and um, yeah, I, I think he he became a character instead of just a trope, I guess. Yeah, but then after like, you know – all Might breaks in like that, which was a super cool scene when he breaks into the League of Villains. So cool. Yep. And and then the <laughs> fight with All for One. God Ugh. damn. That was cool. Yeah. Like every bit yeah. of that from from the kids having to figure out how to break 
like had a free Bakugo to the final yep. confrontation. Ah, so good. Yep. Yeah. And so this is, and this is the, you know, I guess at this point in the show, this is the um, rivalry, you know, the one for all versus all for one, the two, you know, most powerful uh, up to this point in the show. I think this was the big storyline, I guess, kind of underlying. Yeah. The two um, big quirks. And, uh, yeah. Um, United States, of United Smash. States of Smash. <laughs> uh, so uh, so good i i laughed a little when he said that but it was still so cool it was so epic oh god this fight was so cool and so too like you know all for one i don't think we're done seeing him oh well, no we, um, we see him again he's well we see him again oh. but i don't think the end of him him being a problem uh is is there i don't know how much we want to spoil i guess at this point we're, we're pretty much spoiling the show right um they're spoiling up to this point uh we knew before this point that all for one um, basically was a quirk stealer. Yeah. We knew that. And that's, to, that, like before that's what all for one means. Yeah. Um, so that's just the possibilities there. A lot, a lot of stuff opens up there as far as him being a, you know, I think will be a villain that we follow forever um, in this show. It's just well, I mean, that or I don't I know. I mean, he's in prison now, but passes like, on, you know, can he pass that quirk on? Did he say? I, I don't recall if that was mentioned, but I mean, you would think kind of like one for all, he could see. I don't pass that I don't on to know. the next I don't generation. Think so and like like manga, the manga readers are probably laughing at us right now. I don't think so. Yeah, right. Because I think, I think that's the point of all for one is it's more selfish. Um, gotcha. Okay. It's a it's a selfish power, and that's how he's keeping himself alive. I mean, is is through this all for one. I think he's got a quirk that like he stole a quirk that you know, helps him live, you know, right. past old yep. age. Yeah. He's clearly, he's clearly, um, you know, one of these characters that's using some type of magic to, to stay alive. Cause he's like a walking corpse practically the way he yeah. Um, we also find out that, uh, the main villain who I've always kind of found like just an annoying, you know, the guy with the hands on him oh, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's got an interesting connection to all might. Yep. Yeah. That was, uh, that was really, that was a really shocking reveal. Yep. Yep. And so I think uh, all for one is definitely uh, using, using that. Okay. So uh, <laughs> real quick, like I, like, again, I don't read the manga. I I'm sure the manga is amazing and I, I'd love to read it, but I don't want to spoil myself on the show for all of you who read the manga. But um, like theory that I have is that there are probably more connections between the two. Like I would assume yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, so, that, that's just a theory I have. And I, I do have one. I'll tell you later, Jeff. One of the big okay, theories cool. I have. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we get the the um the big battle between those two and and at this point, uh All Might's done. Like, I mean, up until this point, like All Might's been losing the ability to use all for uh, uh I'm sorry, all one for all. Um he's been losing it slowly, but after this fight he's done and the world actually sees his true form and, yeah. and everyone's just like shocked and and he he goes into retirement and and this starts like the interesting like discussion because yeah. endeavor is now the new number one and not a whole lot of people yep. like endeavor because he's kind of an asshole exactly and the villains are like holy shit the symbol of peace is now retired um so 
it, it doesn't really come through that that much in this season. Towards the end, the last two episodes especially, we get it. But um, uh, the next episode... Just like little minor kind of villains are coming out of the woodwork right. now. Like I feel like you know the villains that maybe wouldn't... Or probably this will lead to the more major villains coming out, but um, they're getting bold. They're like, oh, Mike's not there to mess with us anymore, so we can totally do this. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh, the next arc kind of reflects the the sentiment of the country or, the, you know, especially of the like hero ministry, whatever, um, because we go into um, the uh, it's like the, the uh, provisional hero license arc uh, where they're put into this this big test. It's um, all the students from um, from uh, was it UHA? And and then students from other hero academies throughout Japan uh, come and they take this test. And um, like the first test is like almost like a battle royale, but it like it's like they connect these like little sensors up to themselves. And if you get hit in all three of your sensors, you're out. And the way you hit people in their sensors is you have to hit them with these stupid little balls, um, yeah. which is that was a really tense like little tournament. Uh, because yeah, it was fun because it's like a little game of like tag well because <laughs> class 1a gets targeted by every because they're the they're the top class of the top school yep. in the nation so they're and everybody's seen their quirks from you know the news and stuff like that so they're targeted and it was really tense because the whole time i was thinking shit some of them aren't gonna make it um, yeah but i really appreciated um the development of yuga the the kind of creepy belly laser guy oh god i know but he gets he gets this really cool little like development in yeah. that in that one bit and i'm like good for you man i'm i'm legitimately glad that something that like you became something other than just like the a joke character yeah goofy belly laser dude now yeah, Man- Manetta sure. just needs to stop lo- looking like a freaking troll and acting like the world's biggest like pedophile well not i guess he's (laughs) like the world's worst pervert um and and i think i'll be happy with all of uh, class 1a anyway uh yeah so so we also meet a couple like um before it starts we meet a couple of the other big schools um yeah which there's some really kind of interesting characters which we haven't learned too much about um that come from these other schools that are like they say geez now i forget the name of the other school but the 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 number two school Right, but it's like close to them. Like they're they're pretty. They rival each other. Like while UA is the big school, this one's not that much far behind them. Well, I guess. and then there's uh, the fact that one of the students, uh, Inasa um, Inasa Yorashi, yeah, there you go, um, who has a really powerful quirk, is mm-hmm. uh, a student at the number two school in in the country, uh, but he was originally selected for um for uh you know the number one school but he passed it up and throughout you know this arc of like the licensing arc we get the um uh what do you call it like the reason why he passed up on that school and like his relationship to Todoroki which I really liked um yep yeah that was pretty cool that was a really cool kind of moment between the two of them and uh I look forward to seeing more of those two together, I think, because a little bit of a 
what was like a kind of hateful rivalry turned into a kind of a friendly rivalry. I feel like I I feel like he still hates Todoroki, but I liked it. I liked it for the fact that it's like actions have consequences. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that like Todoroki was like eventually, eventually came around to the idea of, you know, supporting his friends and being, you know, uh, a good classmate and, you know, a good friend and stuff like that, where before he was just like, you know, I only need myself and stuff like that. Uh, but like the actions of his past had consequences and I'm like, that'd be really cool if they keep like if if eventually we see somebody like later on down the line who was affected by something in season like one, that'd be really cool. Um, oh, yeah, I, I I hope they do. I mean, they're doing a really good job of building on this show, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, but um, like the, the, the licensing exam goes on uh, from there. Uh, Cammy, don't we have to mention Cammy, the, the cute blonde? That should be Logan's reason to start watching. <laughs> um, oh, um, which I'm unsure whether Cammy's actually Cammy or someone yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> so about that. <laughs> yeah, like there's a there's that little bit at the end, and I'm like, I hope Cammy's alive. Yes, that was kind of <laughs> my thought too. Um, is is Cammy still alive? Um, but yeah, the, that, that's another thing. Is like after the the licensing exam, there's there's more to the licensing exam, which I really enjoyed the whole bit about um, everybody who passed the initial stage then had to go on to another stage where it was like they made like the the arena like into a wrecked city, and there were like actors around who were grading them on you know how they rescued them and. <laughs> There was some funny moments in this Yeah, <laughs> and then there was, like, the, the hero who uh, they used as a, a pseudo-supervillain that they had to protect the people against <laughs> while rescuing them. Um, <laughs> it's Orca Squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's Gang Orca. Gang Orca. Oh, Gang God. Orca, yeah. I, I, I really want to see more of that character. He's super cool looking. It's really silly. I think but. his explanation for his abilities is he has all the powers an orca would have, except on the hunt or something. <laughs> he can eat seals. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? But yeah, uh, yeah. The, the uh, I like the explanation they gave for the like the people who didn't pass the exam. It made sense why they didn't pass the exam. Um, uh, and then that 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 whole bit like while it was intriguing was probably n- not my favorite well, arc no yeah, there were some funny moments yeah. but yeah it, it was it was the least tense probably yeah um the season was that was a slow point honestly cuz up to this point as you can probably tell by listening to us this show was nonstop um pretty much i think my first impression on this show was like can we get going like why are why are we starting out with like a recap and then like the slowness um but man oh man did it pick up after yeah. that yeah um oh and and then after after the uh, licensing exam um the people who didn't pass uh can can't go on to to work as like interns or whatever uh, and the reason why like they passed a ton of people and again this is building off of all might not being the symbol of peace anymore so they need more interns cuz they're going to need more heroes in the future um mm-hmm. Like the, the government can already see this coming. Uh, and then we get the the uh, Deku and uh, Bakugo fight. Uh, yeah, this this is reminiscent, I think, of you mentioned Sasuke earlier, that like yes. Sasuke-Naruto fight. I was worried that that's what it was going to turn into. 
was yeah. uh, Bakugo was going to have like because he you know his grievances his grievances are I, I'm sorry like I I came to understand him a little bit more but his grievances are super childish and granted he oh they're petty he, yes. he's a high school kid yeah but still he's a boisterous child I mean yeah yeah he he's, a, he's yeah. essentially mad at Deku for no longer for not being the kid who's behind him anymore exactly and it's just like yeah he's he's like jealous because he's always had you know he's always been the the one that with the quirk and the powerful one and the fact that now he actually has competition in Deku. it's not even like deku's more powerful than him um well yeah that i Deku's mean not just kind of his follower anymore spoilers spoilers but deku loses this fight but to be fair to mm-hmm. deku Deku's only at eight percent. Like that's all he can control, and and eight percent is all he can control. And like, if he does it for too long, he'll tear his body apart. Like the only thing he can maintain for long periods of time is five percent. So, I mean, he's going to get. Like, eventually, he's not going to be able to to compete. But I, I think that's kind of what he feels is he knows that's coming, and and one of the other you know things that that he he is kind of like a grievance of his is that. All Might chose him over yeah. uh, All Might chose Deku over over Bakugo. Um Right. Yeah, because they both looked up to All Might and he's jealous. Yeah. yeah. But like once that was all over, you know, and All Might comes and he, he explains it, everything and um like they're still going to be rivals and I, I think that's kind of cool, but I'm glad they didn't take the easy way out with Deku just becoming a villain. Um You mean Bakugo? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Bakugo all the way around. Yeah. Um Yeah. Because that would have been, I think that would have been. Yeah, cheap. it would. I mean, they they've been clearly trying to place that as like a, what a red herring or whatever. Like you you keep thinking Bakugo is going to go bad because he's just been such a a bad guy the whole time. But um, I almost see like there being kind of that rivalry, like the um, Endeavor All Might rivalry mm. with them at some point in the future. You know, like the you know. Bakugo, the kind of angry number two <laughs> to uh, Deku at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I mean, a I, I, I'm there. still waiting on, like, I, I feel like somebody's going to turn. Somebody's going to turn. I just don't know who it is. And maybe nobody does. But, you know, in these kind of stories, especially, I mean, I coming from, like, I used to read a, a lot of comic books. Um, you kind of expect this kind of story. Uh, so I'm waiting for it to happen, but now I'm a little bit more confident that it's probably not going to be Bakugo if it does happen at all. Um, and then yeah, and then we have top. Who are your top? Who are your top people you think might turn? I see. I don't know. At this point, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking people who actually would be impactful. I mean, there's a ton of kind of like lower tier uh, classmates. I think that could turn. That would be like, you know, it might be kind of shocking, but wouldn't be it, huge. Yeah, but be you know, someone like. You know, Todoroki, if he See, I'd be, to turn. I'd be mad if Todoroki turned because I really like Todoroki. He's my favorite male character. Yeah. yeah, but he would be a really compelling villain too. Like if he turned, um, he would be a huge rival probably. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other other characters who would – Shadow Dude. I think – yeah, he seems like an obvious choice maybe. Yeah, um, a little too obvious. Bird. But I, I – you know, Just because he could turn without even really wanting to turn because the Shadow – Kind of. I think we would have to get more of the backstory of the of the the other characters. Like we we know their quirks, um, you know, we know their dispositions, but we like maybe all their home lives are just you know boring, you know, uh, static 
kind of dynamic family, but I have to imagine one or two of them maybe comes from a, a worse place or something like that. I don't know. Um, it's going to we'll be Mineta. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It could very well not happen. Or maybe, like you said, maybe it'll be like one of the super unimpactful characters and it's just like, oh, okay. Um, but if they're going to do it, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of feeling like they might, but I'm less inclined to Bakugo. Uh, then we get the last two episodes, uh, which I actually watched this morning before we did this. Um, and they were pretty quick, uh, but uh, I think they set up the fact that A, villains are coming out more, uh, and B, they give us the top three students at the, the school. Um, and the top these are the top three third years, like the ones who are very close to becoming heroes. Like they're going to graduate and they're probably going to go, you know, work at a, at a hero firm or whatever they're called. Um, right. So big Suri. But the, the top three are the most eccentric. Uh, there's, I don't know. I don't even remember their names. Cause again, it, they were, it was two episodes long and we only really get them mainly for like one of those episodes. I mean, we um, only really get one of them, uh, you know, as far as like what they do, I feel like the other two we'd have still have no oh, yeah, idea. Yeah. What well, they the other actually two, we do. just know their personalities. Like one of them is shy. The girl is, I don't know, incredibly inquisitive, like to right. the point of annoying people. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it helps that it helps that she's, she's, good looking for them um and then there's is it medial i want to say his name was i can't find him on mal actually there's so many damn characters in this show i can't find he um, looks like he looks talk- like tintin you ever seen tintin the, the adventures of tintin it's like an old 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 style comic book he looks like buff tintin straight up <laughs> buff tintin like even with the eyes in it look up tintin you'll you'll see what i'm what i'm saying um okay what do you call it? Uh, he he's this really super buff dude whose power is like he can phase through stuff, um, you know, kind of move through walls and stuff like that. Uh, and he mm-hmm. uh, takes it to class one A. Just whoops their ass. Yes. The, yeah, he smashes all of that, them like by that's himself. Ten ten. Thank you, Logan. See, it's buff ten ten. What do you call it? But yeah, he just, he whoops <laughs> the entirety of class uh, 1A's um, like student body. And when he's done, like, they're like, oh, you have such a, a, a super amazing quirk. You like, it must be your quirk. And he's like, no, my quirk garbage. Apparently like, yep. like he has to really think about moving through stuff. Like, cause it's really dangerous. Cause he could end up stuck in something. Uh, you know, a potentially crush something of his. Um, and when he goes through the floor, he's actually, he can't breathe and he's bounced out like, I don't know, through the earth's magnetic poles. No idea how that works, but, um, but he's, he's trained himself through his three years at, at the school. He's trained himself so much that he's mastered his quirk. So that's why he was able to beat them. Because he, you know, and that's the kind of the point they drive home towards the end for the students is, you know, if you master your quirk, even if it's a quirk that everyone's like, oh, that's not that great, you can still make it, you know, uh, it, it's how good you make it, I guess you could say, which I, I really thought that was a really cool lesson. Um, 
and a really interesting way to end out the season because like i was like two episodes left what are we gonna do like there's nothing left and the explanation too and they even kind of had some diagrams where they showed kind of like a stick man and how he you know you know his how this is a this is a quirk with a super you know downside and he's just managed to really through hard work you know i i think it's that kind of whole hard work prevails uh mentality uh and which is a good lesson for freshmen so absolutely it's perfect and especially for our main character i mean going back to izuku who you're saying is only operating at five percent you know you imagine what the the sky being the limit for him um and then again, like this, this, these last couple episodes, we see a lot of League of Villains. Um, we see a lot of, of villains in general, <laughs> which uh, one quick thing, there's a, a, a bit where uh, we see a character who we don't know who it is yet, um, but we don't know him because we have, we didn't see him with his mask on. It's, um, and wow, he's a really compelling villain. I'm really interested in him because uh, he's, he's got like kind of the crazy villain thing going on. Um like, you know, voices in his head kind of thing. Um, I'm interested. Oh, I'm yeah. real interested in him. But um, he's walking down the street and he witnesses a crime by a group calling themselves the Reservoir Dogs. And I love that movie, by the way. But like, uh, the, <laughs> but like later on, he sees the Reservoir Dogs. All They're all dead. They were killed by another group of villains who like held disdain for the way they... Uh, uh, attempted their criminal activity, and I'm like, you know, when you call yourself the Reservoir Dogs, that's that's an ending you should expect. Yeah, right. That's how yeah. Reservoir Dogs One of them, the big guys, even <laughs> the big ones, even like literally stuffed into a trash can. I feel yeah. like very. Yeah, his entire body is kind of crammed into a trash can. Which yeah, is, I'm like, um, I'm like, I feel like you've seen <laughs> Reservoir Dogs very recently. Creator of My Hero Academia. Yeah, <laughs> good movie. <laughs> really creepy torture scene um yeah it's it's probably you know for in japan that's you know it's a weird it's a weird foreign movie for them oh so. uh, yeah about yeah um yeah and that's that's where it ends and it ends on and i i i, I don't know why but like i like watching it and seeing the like the very end where like season four being made it made me happy just to see that because i was like oh good please keep coming I, I know it's going to. Oh, I mean, I it's a huge cash cow, but yeah, please don't stop. I'm really enjoying the show. Yep. Yeah, this will continue. I, I, I just hope it continues. Not only, I, I had no doubt it would continue. I just hope it continues with the quality it's oh, at yeah. because, um, you know, there hasn't, it, it just, it's getting better. Let's be real. I, I, and this is a show I wouldn't have expected could get much better. It, um, it's got me gripped. It's uh continues. I, I think it's at this point in a in a time where there's not much by way of shonen, it's probably the best shonen out there. And and I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z. I mean, there's quite. I mean, there's from what I'm told, people are uh, enjoying Black Clover. I mean, there's 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 shonen out there, but I mean, and to be fair, I've never seen that one, and and I didn't watch Dragon Ball Super. Um, and that's over. Yeah, now. Supers, I know, got a ton of popularity. And I didn't know Clover. I don't know if Clover is, because this is kind of like an epic shown, and you can tell that this one's going to be going for years. To well, come, I mean, I, likely. What do you call it? Um, um, Black Clover is, is pretty long running in terms of manga. I imagine that one's going to long, is going to last for quite a while. I, I would be shocked okay. if it didn't. Um, but yeah, I don't know but, much about Black Clover. I've seen it, but or I've seen it kind of on the 
on Crunchyroll, but <laughs> yeah, but but this is this is definitely the shonen for me. I mean, I I it's been a long time because I've I've watched other other ones or tried to get into them and tried to catch up uh, to where they're at. Um, not all of them for sure. I'm not watching like 900 plus episodes of One Piece. I'm sure it's amazing, but I no, um, but. And none have like have got me like this one does. I'm really invested with every arc, less so with some than others, but it definitely. And especially when they start fighting, man, when they start fighting to them, am I like, all right, here we go. Uh, and in terms of development in this in this season, a lot of the side characters got some pretty good development, which I was very happy for. Um, yeah, I, like season three exceeded my expectations i really didn't think they could do better than season two especially with season two's tournament arc although season two's tournament arc is much better than the season's um uh what was it the, the license exam um mm. hands down but still pretty good <sighs> oh yeah um do i guess it's the end of a season so we rank it right yeah yeah i don't want it to be over <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble. I mean, I think I gave the last season a 4.5 out of five. If I had to guess, maybe I gave it a five, but I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, nothing's perfect, but I'm trying to think if this is a, I mean, is it five material? I don't give, (laughs) I don't give fives very often. (laughs) Um, I'd say I'd say it's a five. Uh, see, this season I think I'd give a four point five. It, it only gets knocked because it, I don't think that the 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 license exam. There were some parts where I was like, there didn't need to be that, or but yeah. I mean, other than that, like the first core had me. The second core a little less so, but it ended really, really strong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? Four point five. Oh, I think it's a four point five. If you think it's a five, it's a five. I'm changing it. No, no, I, I had to, I was trying to talk it out to myself, and I think you're right. And I don't, I don't like giving fives. Like, because I think, I think season two was a five. A few. If I didn't give it a five, I'd, I'd be really shocked. I probably didn't, because my mind changes from day to day, like the seasons. But my dog just peed at my feet. <laughs> well, it sounds like we need to end this then. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of negative, but uh, trust me, it's not all negative. We, we do have another of these coming out, but we did have some pretty pretty bad shows in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, I think it's nice that we ended off on such a high note. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like there was a little bit of a downer there for a while. Uh, it's like five shows in a row that we were pretty down on, but, um, you know, this, 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 is, this is anime, right? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just like any other media. You're not going to love everything. Sure. So. Okay. Guess, so, well. yeah, that's the uh, the first half of our review episodes. Um, we'll have another one hopefully next week. Um, if you would like to get a hold of us and share your thoughts about the anime we discuss in this episode, you can find us on Twitter at anime underscore, uh, anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. Uh, we are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Um, our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Our website is animearcade.net. 
and you can hit us up on any of those and we will get you an invite to our discord if you so desire where you can talk anime and games and all the other fun stuff that we do uh we currently have our steins gate watch along going i think we're up through episode 10 uh yes yes episode 10 okay um and probably 14 by the time you hear this (laughs) um hop in anyways and uh yeah i think that's gonna do it for this one Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, give us your opinions. I, I can't wait to hear what you think about some of the shows we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Okay. Well, until next time. Peace. Bye. Catch you later. <laughs>